0: Inichiwa mini 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 minisan Game Nintendo
1: Welcome to the Famicast 20, your Famicast for January 2013. I am your host, Danny Bivens, and today I'm joined by Mr. Ty Shugart. What up? What up? Yeah, and uh, I'm also making his uh, triumphant return is Minoru Yamaizumi.
2: Hello, I'm back.
1: Awesome, I'm glad to have you back, man. Yeah, thanks. Cool. And joining us from the other side of the planet, the Flying Dutchman himself, Nintendon!
0: You're doing this the other way around this time. Oh well. <laughs> um, Yeah, I don't have any song. I got feedback last time. Oh. Yes. I, I, was, I was searching for like Nintendo Force stuff because Nintendo Force launched uh, this month, actually. Cool, uh, cool. With the first issue with uh, Neil and um, and Aaron and all the other nice guys from around the internet. Cool. Um, I know that many people complained actually that um, that the first issue in print was too expensive, so we're actually looking into that right now.
1: What does the print version cost?
0: Eighteen, 18 dollars because, because we're doing it through we couldn't because we're doing it through MacCloud, which okay. um. Is not very nice if you want to have a cheap <laughs> magazine. What uh, What's the
1: digital version go for?
0: Uh, five bucks, and okay. all of that money is going direct to charity to Child's Play. So.
1: Oh wow, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, cool. if you buy the print version, just a very small percentage will go to charity.
1: I see. Can you guys track how many copies you guys have sold, or?
0: Yeah, we can. Um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about it though.
1: Well, I mean, is it doing well, do you think? or
0: It's well enough for our expectations, really.
1: Good. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. I still need to check it out. I really want to. And you did a, a Fire Emblem piece there, right? Is there a review?
0: Yeah, there's a uh, Fire Emblem review. There's a piece for uh, Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright, mm-hmm. uh, Layton 6, uh, Ace of 35, and then for Animal Crossing New Leaf. So basically cool. all my import stuff of the last, like, two months is in there.
1: <laughs> nice, nice.
0: Um, awesome. Yeah, so the feedback was that I talk too much through Denny. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that anymore, so Denny has now free talk.
3: <laughs> okay. I, I found
0: this comment somewhere on gab, so it's possibly not very important, but I find it important enough to do so.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, one point that I'd like to make, too, is that, you know, we're always striving to make this, you know, a better podcast every single time. So, seriously, if there's any kind of literally complaints or whatever, just, you know, let us know. Send us an email. Make fun of us on NeoGAF. <laughs> Do whatever. Just let us know. And, you know, we'll try to make this better for your listening enjoyment. So... Um, really,
0: they could just send us an email. dot com. That's true, too. Yeah.
1: Cool. All right. Well, with all that stuff out of the way, let's go ahead and move on to new business. All right, and we're back. Uh, We're going to be starting off, as usual, with new business. Actually, we have a pretty action-packed episode uh, for you guys today, uh, too. I guess I'll just go ahead and mention this. We have a pretty lengthy Life in Japan segment about uh, coming to Japan, what you can do. Uh, Well, obviously, Minoto, I don't think stuff like this would apply to you you were kind of born Uh here (laughs) yeah. (laughs) so you kind of had like no choice but uh (laughs) for those of you out there who have a choice and are thinking about coming to japan uh you should definitely keep uh tuning in this later on this episode uh first bit of it it's me and uh, james charlton and then the last segment of this uh, life in japan it's me ty and matt walker and it's really really uh, interesting conversation that we had so you definitely want to give that a listen too but, uh, like I said, we're going to start off with new business, and I think let's go ahead and start out first with Ty. Oh,
4: oh, right. Um, <laughs> well, I'm playing the same games I was playing last time. You know, I got Zombie U on the Wii U. It was on my live mm-hmm. stream. Um Ooh. And, you know, like Project Cross Zone and Layton on the 3DS. But I've been putting most of my time into... Marvel vs. Capcom 3 and some other fighting Mm -hmm. games. Uh, I'm working on uh, a plan to go back to the U.S. during the summer to compete in Evo again. So, yeah. Cool, man. Cool. They uh, just announced um, almost the entire game lineup. The last Mm -hmm. slot is uh, left up to vote. But the catch Mm -hmm. is you vote with money towards... Uh, breast cancer research charity. Okay. Yes.
1: Well, it's not money towards some fat cat's pocketbook or something, no, you know. No.
4: So <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, go crazy. D- <laughs> if you want to see your favorite fighting game in the last slot for Evo, go over to Shorekin dot com and give them all
1: your money. Vote <laughs> uh, Donkey Kongo. Smash Brothers Melee.
0: <laughs>
1: Don, I think I told it, I stole the Donkey Konga one from you on Twitter. Sorry, buddy.
0: Yeah, I I, I told him that I'm pretty good at Donkey Konga.
1: The
4: perennial choice of champions <laughs> and fighting game fans. Sure, uh... why not? <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, speaking of events, uh, at, at the end of the year, uh, there was uh, cat. I think Comic Cat happens two or three times a year. Mm -hmm. It's this super big thing where um, all these people that create their own comics and stuff get together in this one big convention. And you can just go visit your favorite independent comic artists, buy some comic books and stuff. But there's not just comics, but there's uh, games and music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of my friends was going, and he invited me to tag along. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so l- let me get this straight: yeah. you have friends outside of the internet? Sometimes. <laughs> it doesn't last long. Okay, I, I, sp- I know the feeling. Only in
0: specific situations you have friends.
1: I I could relate to that. <laughs> Sorry, man. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll have you know I'm
4: very popular. I was captain of the football team. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Awesome. <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> a-
4: anyway, I've never played football. But Aww. anyway, uh, I did a little looking around. I saw there was one game I wanted to get my hands on that was going to be displayed there. And that is Yadakarasu, which we've talked about before, I believe. Mm-hmm. Indie fighting mm-hmm. game on the PC coming to the 3DS eShop sometime in the future. <laughs> so Unfortunately,
0: I- you're not to Japan yet, so
4: yeah so i played that it's fun i like it it's very pretty cool Uh, okay but so so i was there for three days and it took me five minutes to buy that so (laughs) i went wandering around checked out everything wow yes uh you can find i don't know weird porn (laughs) (laughs) body pillows
1: (laughs) gabe newell body pillows oh
4: yeah (laughs) He's he's big in Japan. Oh yes, (laughs) not not really. Um, I did buy some other crazy-looking indie games. Mm -hmm. Like uh, there's this one that caught my eye. It's called the Math Master.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. I I guess
4: it's kind of a combination of like a a dating sim and visual novel, and you know a math learning game.
0: (laughs) This sounds insane. Please tell us about it. (laughs)
4: <laughs> um, I haven't gotten around to playing it yet, uh, but uh. I I I did buy a copy. I I guess I was reminiscing really hard about Number Munchers when I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, you you guys know Number Munchers? Was that like on the Apple II or something? Yeah, it was pretty big when I was in like grade school.
1: It's I probably played it too. I always remember playing the spelling game with fish. And I don't know. Yeah, but
0: the, the only educational games I remember playing are the Pokemon educational games.
1: What is that? In like two thousand and three, when you were twelve.
0: Uh, no, just younger. <laughs> just, the, just when Pokemon was starting its first season, there okay. were these educational educational games made by Mattel.
4: Wow. Mm. Okay. Well, Number Munchers was like nineteen ninety one. So cool. It's pretty OG right there. Y- yes, Yes. they yeah. really should come out with a new one. <laughs> there was another game I got, I believe it's called Neo-Aquarium something. It's like this, it's like you, you play as a fish, but it's like this really fast-paced 3D shooting game.
1: Okay, so it's not like Seaman. No. <laughs>
4: <laughs> find, find that on YouTube and look it up, it looks crazy. Huh. Speaking huh. of Seaman... <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to say anything about it, but uh, th- this isn't gross. Trust me. <laughs> okay. Okay, there was a a game that came out in Japan on the original Xbox called Nude, or N-U-D-E, I guess. Okay. Where you talk to this robot girl and try to teach her how to act like a normal human being. Okay. Which is basically the premise from Seaman or... Wonder Project J2, I guess, if you ever played that game. Oh, okay. Game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you use the microphone, talk to the robot girl, you tried to tell her to, like, pick up the phone, and she doesn't pick up the receiver, she picks up the entire phone, and, like, <laughs> like pulls it out of the wall. <laughs> and asks you... That's interesting. Yeah, and she asks you if, if she did it right.
1: Yeah, and you say, yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so, I
4: saw it for 500 yen, about five bucks, and I'm like... I, I vaguely remembered, somebody somewhere told me to buy this game for them. Mm-hmm. So I did, <laughs> nothing to lose. <laughs> and if I don't figure out who it was, I can keep it and play it at some point, yes. or flip it on eBay. It looks like it gets about 40 bucks.
1: Wow, cool. Even for the Japanese version?
4: I, I think it was only in Japan, actually.
1: Oh wow, okay. I don't
4: know if it's region locked. I assume it is, but yeah. Let me tell you about circumventing security things on the original Xbox. <laughs>
1: That's shit's not too hard, right? No. <laughs> no.
4: <laughs> so yeah. I the hardest part will be finding a working microphone probably. I I think yeah, I can just yeah. use the regular headset one.
1: Yeah, I would hope so.
4: So, yeah. Those are the video game things I have been elbow deep into. (laughs) Oh, besides UFO catchers, I'm currently reclining on a huge pile of anime throw pillows that I won (laughs) earlier today.
1: Cool. Dude. Hi i meaning to tell you uh so i think i told you when we met up and we got you know we got your wii u that here in my town at like one of the drugstores, stores there's a ufo catcher thing that has consoles in it yeah not like the actual consoles but little like uh, like
4: a token or something
1: yeah basically and you got to pick it up and so during my break last month i just you know i was just getting some stuff there like i don't know tea whatever alcohol whatever um yeah so i was like man it's only 100 yen per go. What the, What the hell not? I have like a handful of change. Sure.
4: Yeah. So it begins.
1: <laughs> I, I, I started pumping in the 100 yen coins, and I can like get him to pick it up pretty easily enough. But what really sucks is like as soon as it like picks it up and it gets to the top, it like shakes and always falls out. So does it fall out closer to the return or farther? Yeah, it just depends. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it gets closer, sometimes it gets further. So, I don't know. I was wanting to uh, ask some of your expertise on this. Like, what do you think I could do to win a Vita or a 3DS XL in this thing? Well,
4: a lot of those are designed to um, be moved a little bit at a time rather than, like, just in one grab. Like, like Mm -hmm. what what are you trying to pick up? Is it, like, a laminated sheet or something like that? No, it's... um... What the heck do you call it? Like a little capsule? A capsule. Yeah. Okay. Um does it have to clear a height to get over yes. the return? Yes. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah. Um well, I can't see it from here. <laughs> but I I would imagine like you might just kind of want to like roll it towards the return and then when it's okay. up against uh the wall, try mm-hmm. to, lifting it so that it's uh, caught between the return wall and the crane and it will lean against the return as it comes up and then roll over as it gets high enough.
0: Okay.
1: That's my theory. Okay. Well, maybe what I can do is even like take a picture and show you and maybe even just post it right now. If you look at your screen, maybe, (laughs) um,
0: this is the most interesting conversation ever.
1: Yes. (laughs) Anyways, the uh, intricacies of the UFO catcher in Japan, it's a, it's a fun thing. Um, yeah cool well uh ty is that all you got man yes okay cool well thanks a lot uh next let's go ahead and go to new business with minoru
2: The last five people I Street Passed were playing New Love Plus, 3D Space Harrier, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Explorers of Darkness, which is an old one for DS. Okay. Uh, and Pokemon White, and Dambo Senki Buckle Boost.
1: Oh, that one, the... yeah, that game. <laughs>
2: yeah. And speaking of Street Pass, I had a great experience related to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one day, I yeah. One day, I was sleeping in a train and woke up. I noticed that the person sitting next to me was playing 3DS. Mm-hmm. Uh,
5: she
2: was playing Oni Training, and mm-hmm. I found my me there.
5: Ooh, yeah, cool! She,
2: yeah, she was doing an Oni battle with my me.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, you know, in this game, you can compare your scores of each training with street past people, mm-hmm. and I beat her. Ooh,
3: cool! Yeah, it was much
2: more satisfying, and, <laughs> and just beating her in my 3DS. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Cool. Well, did you get her 3DS uh, friend code or anything? <laughs> nah, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Smooth moves.
2: And, uh, yeah, yeah, j- j- just like you. I, I, I didn't uh, speak to her. Yeah. Am I? Am I
1: rubbing off on everybody here? I mean, this is ridiculous, huh? Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, onto my new business. Uh, although it's not, it's no longer a new business. I got the Wii U Premium Set day mm-hmm. one, along with New Super Mario U and Zombie U. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed both of them. I beat Mario, but I couldn't beat Zombie U. Not because it's too hard or too scary, but mm-hmm. because of one of the game-breaking glitches. Hmm. Oh, yeah! It, yeah reportedly, the game is a fucking buggy. <laughs> it, it's
4: true. <laughs> I, I will corroborate this story. <laughs> oh, okay yeah sure
2: yeah speaking of my experience uh, aside from my game breaking a bug i literally got stuck in a dungeon and uh has to restart the game
5: mm-hmm.
2: and there are also quite a number of game breaking bugs which were reported on the internet and mm-hmm. uh, that's why i got to know i got stuck re- really due to one of them mm-hmm. and uh, uh, apparently this game has many bugs Related to uh, flag management. I'm not sure what you may call it. Uh, We see such bugs, especially when you die after you have completed a mission, uh, which is very common in this game. Actually, I found a mission completed, even though I didn't think so, (laughs) uh, because I died before I reached a goal. Mm -hmm. And that happened at least a few times to me. And I finally got stuck when a passcode should pop up. Uh, but didn't, but didn't. Uh, when when you see something, when I saw something from a particular angle through something after I upgraded it, uh, you know I don't want to spoil it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I cannot proceed anymore. Huh. Yeah, so I considered start the campaign again, but but you know I don't know how to avoid uh, these glitches. Mm-hmm. So instead of restarting the game from scratch, I just stopped playing it.
1: How much yeah. time did you put into it, I guess, through this whole period where you got, until the point where you got stuck?
2: Uh, I guess I played um, 10 hours or so. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, I was close to the game, uh, to, to the end. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, so uh, that was a fucking sour experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that really sucks.
2: <laughs> yeah, I really hope Ubisoft will release a patch mm-hmm. to fix them. <laughs> And but if I remember correctly, and there was a day one patch too, but the game is still glitchy as hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really a shame. Since aside from glitches, it's a really,
1: really, Yeah, I you know I've listened to quite a well quite a few different podcasts talk about it and stuff, and I don't know maybe I'm just not listening to the right ones we're hearing about the glitches. But I mean, I, this is one of the games I bought at launch too. But I haven't really played much, so I haven't even experienced any of the glitches or the good times. <laughs> so I,
0: I I heard from most people that the Japanese version seems glitchier than the Western version. Wow. Really? What,
1: what yeah. the fuck? Why?
0: <laughs> I'm not sure why that is
2: actually.
1: <laughs> That's weird. Oh.
2: Uh, also, from a Japanese perspective, uh, localization is mm, okay. Although I found one very confusing translation. Uh, which I'm not going to discuss here.
5: Okay.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, instead, I'd like to point out the problem that is very common among Japanese versions of Western games, including Zombie U. Mm-hmm. And that's about typefaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are hundreds of typefaces in Japanese and Roman alphabets. Mm-hmm. And usually game developers choose fancy ones that match the game best. Mm-hmm. Mm, but in Zombie U, all the characters are white, and only MS Gothic or some similar default banner typeface is used. Uh-huh. Uh, MS Gothic or other most ordinary typefaces are okay, although I think there are some more appropriate ones for <laughs> each game. Anyway, it's not; it's a secondary problem. And the biggest problem is such a typeface are used for not only Japanese characters, uh, hiragana, katakana, and kanji, but also Roman alphabets, and unlike most typefaces of alphabets, and the typeface used there is not proportional. You know, in alphabets, letters usually vary in widths. For example, M is much wider than I or L. Right. And su- such typefaces are called proportional ones. But usually, Japanese typefaces are non-proportional. All Japanese letters usually have equal widths in print materials. Mm -hmm. So if you are lazy and use the same non-proportional typeface for alphabets as well as Japanese characters in Japanese text, uh, alphabets also have a uniform width just like source code of a computer program. Mm -hmm. Uh, which looks ugly and unprofessional. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to say, please don't use non-proportional fonts for alphabets in Japanese games.
1: <laughs> wow. Look, I, I haven't even really played enough of the game to, like I said, to even really notice this type uh. of thing. But I, I, I remember even just like kind of, even just from the very little bit I played, I thought it just looked kind of weird. I don't know. I, this didn't seem to match the style, I guess. it just Yeah. Seemed kinda odd. Bring back comic Sans MS. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> I've been actually trying more of the multiplayer in Zumbayu than actually single player. Hmm. Yeah, I
1: don't Actually know if you guys have tried that. Yeah, I did, and uh actually on the well, later on in the, in the uh segment, uh you guys well the listeners you guys will hear uh me and James talk about our experience when we played with the multiplayer, which I thought was pretty cool.
0: Actually there's also like one of the modes, no, two of them are actually locked behind, like, the Uplay wall. Oh so you God. have to sign up for Uplay to get two additional uh, multiplayer modes.
1: That's stupid.
0: <laughs> yeah. For so they're very easy to get. They're, like, 50 points. So if you do f- a few games in their in their Ubisoft titles, you already unlock it. Okay. So, yeah, there's, there, there's that. But uh, I like the multiplayer. I've played all four options with a lot of friends. <laughs> we have just fun experimenting with all those various weapons and such.
1: Minota, did you get a chance to play any of the multiplayer stuff?
2: Uh, Not yet. Okay. Yeah. And uh, another part of my new business is, uh, Uh the day before yesterday, I downloaded 3D Space Harrier on 3DS. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, really good. It's a port of the original arcade version, Mm -hmm. which was released from Sega back in 1985. So it's as old as the original Super Mario <laughs> and Gradius. Yeah, If you happen to be unfamiliar, Space Harrier is a third-person forward-scrolling uh, pseudo-3D rail shooter. And this 3DS version was made by the company M2. I read a long interview with one of them and the producer at Sega about this port. It's very interesting. So, if you listeners read Japanese, I really recommend reading it. The company specializes in retro game ports and they did many virtual console of many Sega stuff. Huh. Yeah, as you can see in the interview, and they seem to be most hardcore Sega fans and super <laughs> extremely
0: meticulous about details. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I noticed it in the port. Um... I played it as well. I I think I posted a review up for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yep, Don has a review up for it on the NWR yeah. right now. So check that out. Yeah.
2: yeah, and what's more, this is the third time they ported Space Harrier, since they had ported it to PS2 and Wii Virtual Console Arcade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so they have learned a lot already. And you can appreciate their particularities if you check check dozens of settings of the game. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, this is the first time you can change how far you can move around on screen. And this setting comes from, according to them, the fact that real arcade machines differ in this respect as a result of aging of the analog, stick, uh, analog flight stick. <laughs> yeah, so you can adjust the ranges so that you can feel as if you were playing on your familiar machine. <laughs> and mm-hmm. at least some some of arcade machines have a seat that moves according to the flight stick movement. Oh. This Yeah, this is also simulated by the movement and the tilt of the entire picture on
0: 3DS. That's that's something that's something I like the most about this version of the game. Uh, yeah, because, yeah uh, me it, too. It, it, it's it's really unparalleled that you just can put it all the way back to this arcade style venue and then see yourself moving around across the screen. It's amazing yeah and yeah. then and, but something you really have to do when you do that you have to turn the the button sound effects on yeah, like yeah. the arcade button right. sound effects because that makes it more real
1: wow, that's pretty awesome i I remember seeing like some screenshots when they first officially announced like the release date and stuff and i remember seeing the i guess zoomed out like weird kind of view i guess you guys are talking about and yep. i just remember just thinking like what the hell <laughs> what is this you know well, you and...
0: can you can do it full widescreen because they they rendered the game for full widescreen uh-huh, uh-huh. uh but you can also do like 4 by 3 or like again like the arcade view or something like in between huh. uh, which is really impressive
1: yeah that, man that's pretty cool
0: yeah, and gameplay-wise, it's
2: a very, very simple. Uh, I guess even simpler than many other games released in, in the same year. Um, you just move around and shoot enemies. And from a modern viewpoint, I wish I could uh, touch quickly. Uh, but uh, it's overwhelmingly fun still. Mm-hmm. And music is great. Mm-hmm. And graphics are incredible for its age. It's um, 1985. I and don't know if
0: uh, you agree, Minor, mm-hmm. but it looks great in three D. Yes,
2: yeah stereoscopic three D effect is a very, very impressive. Since it's a forward scrolling game,
5: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. And this game definitely has some futuristic charm that only old Sega games will have. <laughs> yeah. So once you play it, you are likely to be convinced that, that Sega used to be regarded as the rival of Nintendo, mm-hmm. even if you didn't live in the period.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, the the first experience I had with this game was on Shinmu, because, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, oddly enough, because you find a Sega Saturn in your cabinet in like your living room, and it's 1986, okay, <laughs> <laughs> and you can like win the game, uh, several games like that old arcade games in a raffle, and I th- I don't, can you play Space Harrier in the arcade? Maybe. Yeah, can. I
4: believe you could play it in the the arcade in the the first town there.
1: Okay. Yeah, but that was always kind of cool. My younger brother and I always got a kick out of it and just playing it and stuff, so I, I have kind of good memories of this game from like, you know, like 10, 12 years ago.
0: <laughs> but um, going back to like uh, the music stuff, because we kind of brushed over that, you can even set the various settings like the bass line and everything to the very decibel you want to rock on.
1: Wow. <laughs> it's
0: All the options in that game are insanely in-depth.
1: Wow. Is is there any kind of like a save state type of thing or anything where yep, you Yep, could...
0: that's there too. Okay. You can even choose the stage you want to start from.
1: Mm-hmm. Right up so from the be- right go. from right from the beginning you can?
0: Uh no, you have to play through the stages at the first run. But okay. if you die at any point in the game you can start from any stage you want. Okay. That you unlocked so far, basically. Okay,
1: okay. Yeah, that that sounds like the real deal. It's um, basically this is essentially like a three D classic, but not from Nintendo, I guess.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Sega so, does what Nintendo don't.
1: Yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> even if you, <laughs> <laughs> even if you look at like the virtual console stuff, like uh, with on the three Ds, the Game Gear stuff. I mean, the the uh, Game Gear stuff has a hell of a lot more options than anything else, really, and I think that's incredible. And I just kind of baffled why Nintendo doesn't let you change things like maybe controls or you know stuff like that sometimes just kind of silly
0: or change the Game Boy font to a Game Boy Pocket
1: (laughs) yeah what the hell come on I wanted to do that
0: (laughs) oh
4: man as a quick aside about Sega I I recently fell in love with the Golden Axe games oh cool yeah I played them on my Xbox played one through three like hardcore for like several days until I got all the achievements Cool. fun as heck okay that's dude
1: no I, I remember playing golden golden x3 with one of my friends back in the day on the sega channel um minota i don't know if you know about that or, i don't know or don have you ever heard of the sega channel no basically it was this sega had teamed up with i, I guess one of the phone companies or something in, in the united states and they offered this special type of a box where you can basically play exclusive titles from this service that you couldn't buy on like cartridge. And, yeah, Golden and if Max you didn't 3, know
4: about it, it sounds like something the ki- a kid on the playground made up. <laughs> it
1: it kind of does, doesn't it? But I think it's kind of like the, you know, BSX saddle of you in Japan for the super Famicom kind of, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was cool. There were there were quite a few games, and I got to play with one of my friends. This particular friend got everything. I was always so jealous. <laughs> but anyways, that that was always a lot of fun. But
0: but seriously, people should pick up that uh, 3D space area. Here. It's good.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's like. so
2: good. Yeah, that's so I was totally blown away by the game. Mm-hmm. So yesterday I went to an arcade nearby mm-hmm. to play the original.
1: Ooh. Uh, oh it's,
2: yeah, it's Mikado in Takadanobaba. Oh okay. Hi, yeah. uh, have you ever been to Mikado or Dani?
1: I got stopped in Takadanobaba one time coming home from like New Year's Eve, <laughs> but I didn't go to any arcades. I just grabbed a taxi and t- took an expensive ride home.
4: Uh, yeah. I haven't been to that arcade. I'll check it out next time I'm in the neighborhood.
2: Yeah, uh, it's an arcade uh, fe- featuring um, retro games and fighting games too. It's one of the biggest retro arcades in Japan. Wow! So, so yeah, so if your listeners are into Japanese retro arcade stuff, it's definitely worth visiting. Cool. Yeah, and there I played the original Street Fighter 2 and of course Space Harrier. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, uh, it was not the version whose seat uh, moves according to the flight stick movement. Oh. Yeah, Aww. and it yeah, and actually it was almost unplayable to me because uh, the flight stick was too heavy and clunky.
4: Oh <laughs> man. Yeah. Uh, I bet yeah. that's a nightmare to maintain for an arcade operator. Especially yeah, if they haven't so. made those parts in almost thirty years.
2: Yeah, generally speaking, um, all the machines are well ma- maintained. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah. and um, it's not an ordinary arcade joystick. It's a huge, gigantic um, flight stick.
4: Oh yeah, I, I mean I've seen it.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Besides, uh, the Y axis was inverted, just like a flight simulator, or the original Star Fox sixty-four. Okay. So that made mm, the game unplayable to me. <laughs> mm, but, uh, in contrast, in the 3DS version, you can change this, and you have three ways to move around. First, and uh, the D-pad gives eight-directional digital control, and you can control in a more analog way using the touchscreen. And of course, the circle pad works uh, like mm, the flight stick. And What's so, the, yeah,
0: what do you like the most then?
2: Uh, well, I like um, the circle pad the most. Um, okay. Yeah, because unlike the touch screen control, um, when mm-hmm. you release the thumb from the circle pad, Harrier um, automatically moves back to the center of the screen, just like the original control. And I feel the circle pad is way better than the
0: arcade flight stick mm i i i just when i when I would just want to relax and play for a little bit, I find myself using the touch screen more but but, but if I want to have a challenge, I usually go with the with the circle pad as well hmm.
2: and as the developer said, I think the three ds version is a definitive version among myriads of ports hmm. i yeah i guess it's likely this game will be released in the west you know it doesn't need to be localized except (laughs) the manual because Mm -hmm. all the texts and the voices are english Mm -hmm. yeah and that's my newest business
1: cool cool all right well thanks a lot Minota. and next we're going to go ahead and move on to don's new business so done. what you've been playing man
0: uh, so time has kind of hit so I didn't import like a lot of stuff uh, mostly had some played some native things uh, because we get stuff later big surprise <laughs> I live in Europe deal with <laughs> it um, so first off I played a Ninja Gaiden Free Razor's Edge um, which came out around the launch time in Japan and North America mm-hmm. yeah and we got it on january 11th so that's roughly 9 days ago okay so ninja gaiden free races Edge, um to begin i never played the original because mm-hmm. i heard the bad stuff about it basically pretty much mhm um so i i was interested in it because i played ninja gaiden 1 and 2 so mm-hmm. i kind of always wanted to play it Mm -hmm. Uh, but I I skipped it because um, it it appeared to be very limited in design and the weapon variation wasn't there, which made the other two very unique. Mm -hmm. So I didn't go for it for even one second. So (laughs) Ninja Gun Free Wages actually came about. um, They announced during E3, and it came out so nine days ago. So I picked it up, didn't have the intention to really like it, but I actually really did. I actually really liked Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge um, The action is Fast and bloody <laughs> And In comparison to the Xbox 360 And Playstation 3 version Ryu has all of his weapons And all of his skills that were gone <laughs> Which were passed in, patched in later In the Xbox 360 and Playstation 3 Releases
1: Why did they take them away from him?
0: I have no idea
1: <laughs> That's weird
0: it it's it's really really awful. <laughs> um so I the the main problem I have with Ninja Gaiden of Freebasis Edge is that the exploration is mostly traded for quick time events. Mm. That's the thing that, that strikes me the most as weird because that's the one I always like the most, even in the original games like on NES. On mm-hmm. Famicom, I I just like to explore the levels as much as I could to make the most out of um, the skills I had, uh-huh. and that seems that seems kind of gone in in Razor's Edge, but I, didn't, I don't don't think it was there in the original to begin with, <laughs> but there you go. Um. So, what makes the Wii U ver- version unique is that you have like these playable additional characters from the start from the start, which are um, Kazumi and another character that I can't remember the name of. So those two characters are there, and next to, in the main campaign, you'll also have Ayane, which mm-hmm. is another character from the Dead or Alive series. So that makes a total of four playable characters in the entirety of the game, So mm-hmm. only two of them will, will come across in the main campaign, which are of course again Ryu and um, Ayane so if you want to play any chapter right from the get go and you play the original by any chance then you can already do them with those two additional downloadable characters
5: hmm.
0: for free cool um so there's also multiplayer stuff i haven't got really into the multiplayer stuff because mostly because the the lobbies are empty <laughs> um so that's a bit annoying Uh, There's co-op multiplayer actually locally. Mm -hmm. So um, so one friend can play on the gamepad, one friend can play on the television. Oh, cool. Um, So you can play deathmatch against one another. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, Multiplayer for the rest or single player. You can play it fully on the gamepad, which looks actually very good. So if you want to play it on the gamepad, I suggest that you put the gamma a bit higher. Mm
5: -hmm.
0: Because it seems a bit dark on the wii u gamepad
5: Hmm.
0: especially the first level because the first level takes um takes place at night nighttime london Uh which looks really nice actually and they have some nice elements in there like set pieces like the like the lone eye which is the big uh the the big wheel in in the garden there Mm -hmm. and of course the big ben you see and everything so there are a lot of cool elements in that level so um on the video gamepad pad, it's really troubling to see. Hmm. Um, so, it, it, so put it two grams grams higher, and it should be all fine and good. Mm-hmm. Um, the controls are very smooth. It plays very nicely. Surprisingly enough, I, again, I, I didn't expect me to like the game as much as I did, mm-hmm. um, because. I think the Ninja Gaiden 3 got like 3s or 4s or something, and I consider <laughs> this like a 7.5 in my book. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I played around for like the game for like three hours and um, really, really loved like the various bosses and how the levels were pointed out. Um. The game is also longer than the original because of the Ayane Ayane section, so. Mm-hmm. Um it's pretty much the ultimate experience of that game.
1: It's 3 um, hours. I mean you cleared like the whole game in 3 hours. No no
0: no no 3 hours is how much I played. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But I okay. but I but I but I've seen more of it than I suspect you would in the original release. Okay. Because it's broken up with these uh, ayane bits. All right. Hm. Um yeah it's yeah I, I can't say more anything about it than give it a try. It's um it's fun.
1: I don't know, I'm I'm remotely interested in this, but I'm not interested enough to pay like six or seven thousand yen to play it. <laughs> so um it,
0: it, it it's it's fair enough. Um like the the gamepad stuff if you play it on the television you can um access menus a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And you can like activate like various spells or nimbo with just a touch of a button on the touch screen. Okay. So it's more, more acceptable, though the combos are very easily with the Y and X buttons. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's nothing too really complicated to understand, but it's... um Even if, if you don't know anything about Ninja Gaiden and are very bad at it, there's this hero option which makes you almost invincible.
4: <laughs> Mash buttons! <laughs>
0: yeah. Or you can put it to really hard and basically die constantly.
4: Good times. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Or there's, or there's something in between, like the normal option. Whatever you want. Uh, but it's fun. Um, do I recommend it? Yes. Hmm. I actually recommend it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Color me surprised. Hmm. Um, I, the only thing... The, uh, one major issue I have with the fun of the game, next to the exploration, is that the story is actually kind of bullshit.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the story is kind of bullshit.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, because, because you go all around the world because there's this evil syndicate once real dead. Mm-hmm. It's kind of not really well explained. Okay. That
4: sounds like a good story for a video game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> right?
4: Like, I, I've played a game where, like, the only opening text was,
1: Kill the entire mob time limit (laughs) five minutes (laughs) time for a second there i thought you were gonna say i played a game in sentence right there oh yes i've played a game (laughs) or two in my day
4: (laughs) yeah
0: and the and decapitations are of course back yeah
4: well i'm the kind of guy that like mashes buttons to skip words 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 in video games (laughs) not a big fan of words I, I don't yeah. like words because I oh, can't. Oh, it, it,
0: it's 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 big on action, though. So it's surprisingly it's it's enjoyable.
4: Yeah, it, it sounds like the kind of game I would like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I've been playing a little bit of Ninja Gaiden 2 on Xbox. It's cool. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, if if you want that, want to play this game at some point, you should better go for the Wii U version than for the for the other release. Right on. So that was basically all it was a bit of a ramshackle there how I did, but uh man, I I never had this weird of experience before because I went in expecting nothing and I got something out of it. So hmm,
1: That's know. that's always good, I like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um a game I've been playing for a review is Sing Party.
4: Ooh <laughs> Are you gonna sing for us again?
0: No. Oh, no. I, I should have start, started at the beginning with another song, but I didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, because I want to talk about feedback. Um, Sing Party is a game made by Freestyle Games, who made DJ a Hero. Okay. Yeah. So basically, they made a karaoke game. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um. At the back of the box, it actually says also Activision, so Freestyle, Freestyle Games is still part of the Activision brand, but Freestyle Games made a game with Nintendo, so that's really confusing how that all came about, really. <laughs> um, So, Sing Party contains like 50 songs, like popular ones, like Call Me Maybe. My favorite. Which is also on Wii joy on Karaoke U.
1: My favorite. Huh. <laughs>
0: Is that is that your favorite? What
1: is the game my favorite or is the song my favorite?
0: That's the conundrum. There's the song, the song, <laughs> both. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh God! Okay. Um, and there's also like classic songs like uh, Jackson, the Jackson 5's "I Want You Back" or the Village People's "IMCA,"
5: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> or or "New York, New York" from Frank Sinatra. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, but in comparison, of course, to Joy Sound Karaoke U, which is all, of course, MIDI sounds, um, these are the actual artists with their actual performances uh, hmm. and the actual uh, backing tracks. Oh, cool. So it has that going for it at the very least. Um, and another thing it has, it has two separate modes. Uh, so, first off, there is Party Mode,
5: mm-hmm.
0: which basically uh, lets one player on the gamepad sing uh, horizontal or vertically with the gamepad. Mm-hmm. And uh, watch on the touch screen the text scroll by, while well, uh, p- other players um, who are standing up, of course, they're not sitting down, those lazy <laughs> bumps. of course, looking at looking at the television and get instructions like dance and sing and have to do very specific things. Backflip. But, well, yeah, <laughs> backflip. <laughs> but while the person on the gamepad looks at it, he. Uh, if, like, some songs are very personal, right? And you have to point towards people. So, on the gamepad, you get this instruction like, look at somebody. <laughs> like, huh? Look at somebody. Okay. <laughs> and it has to point like, you, you, you. And you have to do these very asinine things to make this party getting started or getting something in his house in the jizzy. Um, so, that that's pretty much party mode. It's... uh. It's weird. It's Is it? Is it fun? <laughs> it, 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 it's it's fun in a weird way. Okay. <laughs> yes. <Great laughs> put it that way. <laughs> so you have that, <laughs> and then the, the second thing is, um, of course, just sing mode, mm-hmm. which um, in sing mode, um. So basically you have this option I think we talked the last bu- last month in with Joyce on Karaoke you, you have this meter that checks how on which tone you are singing and uh, basically gives you points for it, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Um so Sing Party does this a little bit better by having like actual columns moving about and giving you an idea where you should go with your voice. Mm-hmm. And um you actually get points, stars, and all that other stuff forward during like, the progression of your song. And you can do short versions and long versions of every single song as well. Mm-hmm. Um, those scores turn into a system where you can upgrade levels, like um, you have to perform a, to a certain score, or you have to get a certain number of stars. Those are all going in sort of a tally in various tasks like get 10 stars, get 100,000 points and that sort of stuff and then when you complete certain tasks you get these little disks and when you get a certain amount of disks you upgrade to a certain new level. Mm -hmm. So it becomes kind of involving and kind of interesting. Um, The only thing I don't like about it is that how much it wants to actually upload stuff to meverse mm-hmm. because every single time you finish one of the tasks upgrade a level or complete a song it will up it will point towards a new a new um a message on meverse towards your profile <laughs> and all your friends and all the people who follow you will see that message
1: <laughs>
0: um so that's actually it becomes actually really annoying
1: you can't opt out of it or anything
0: you have to choose to do it or not you can't do it custom like i want to share this with people and not this not share this with people okay there you have to opt in or you can't do nothing at all with almost with meverse except for posting random imagery of your own hmm. um so it, it's a bit it's a bit how do you say this correctly it's a bit asinine let me put it that way. It's uh, The sing mode and the party mode are fun in their own rights, but um, that that's the, that's basically the weirdest thing. Like how much it wants to post you to Miiverse. So mm-hmm. people will see on your friends list how well you did on a certain song and which song you specifically played. Mm-hmm. So if you play something really embarrassing like Call Me Baby, people <laughs> will see, oh, he had 75,000 points on Call Me Baby.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so that's a thing. <laughs> um, it supports DLC for in the future So you can get to download additional songs as well Besides the 50 you have in the package mm-hmm. um, So yeah, personally I like We Joy Sound, Karaoke U better Because you, you pay for what you play mm-hmm. But there are some elements to it that I like in Sing Party <laughs> the, And there's also team mode where you can where you still have to pass on the microphone every single time between each person um, and between each person of the team, which is also kind of fun, but uh, I haven't played that at all, really. Um, That's sing Party. Cool. Uh, finally, I've been playing again some Archive Systemworks eShop games. Third <laughs> time is the charm question mark um, <laughs> tell question me mark, more yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> so first I, first thing I've been playing is blaze blue clone phantasma oh yeah which is this um, this action type battle game on the 3d plane mm-hmm. where you have to uh, move about this little blaze blue character and spam the x and y x, the, the x and y buttons yeah Mm-hmm. So, the Y button is this very crazy attack, which you can only use, like, three times before you... Every time you use the attack, it will stun you. And by doing so, uh, the first three times, you will level up, which will make the X attack stronger.
4: That sounds almost like Guilty Gear Overture. Did you ever play that game?
0: Yep, I did. Yep. But it's... It's... It's weird how they handle it. So basically, you are fighting on this plane. So when you when you boot up, when you boost off an opponent of the of the plane, you basically progress. Um, so so in the first stage, you have to delete ten of these enemies. Second stage, thirty. Third stage, thirty, and then a boss. Ah, okay. Uh, but if they but if they don't leave the screen. Um, they will still be on the ground. How much you have pummeled them to the ground? It doesn't matter. If they hit a wall, they just remain on the battle screen.
5: Huh.
0: So it becomes uh, so it just becomes kind of a tag battle where you have to just maneuver yourself around and hit them at one go from off the stage. Hmm. So it becomes really it becomes really boring to play, <laughs> um, especially after like the third stage where. Basically, your opponent has an empty level bar where you had just pummeled yourself through 30 enemies, and you have to this for, directly follow up with a boss. You could, of course, let yourself die um, and lose a heart and have an empty meter, and then wipe yourself and wipe the enemy clean with like three Y attacks. But that's no, that is no winning for guarantee because you, they could still hit a wall, and you are were totally fucked. <laughs> so it, the game feels a bit unbalanced. I mean, you can avoid these strong attacks um and have a good go at it, but um one side becomes boring to play one other side just becomes asinine to play <laughs> so there's no really fun side to it, huh okay, um, so skip that one for sure.
1: Yeah, the, I saw the trailer on the eShop a couple of weeks ago, I think maybe when it first came out. Um, it looked interesting, because it's like, you know, like you said, it's some blue characters, but they're kind of like chibi-fied, I guess. Yeah. And um, So it looks kind of cute, but it looked like it was fun, kind of like mindless, beat-em-up type of action. But, hmm, a little yeah. disappointed to hear <laughs> about it from you.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's not really that fun. Hmm. Uh, the other thing I've been playing is the new Kunyukun game on, mm-hmm. uh, on the eShop. Mm-hmm. Which is fun. Cool. It's it's basically River City Ransom, you Kun, every of those games again, uh, better displayed on a three D screen. So basically, you can basically flatten the screen or make it more wider, or mm-hmm. with the with the with the R button and with the Y button you can close up or move further away. Okay. Um, it, so you can make it more of your own kind of. Style of game So you can have it like a Sort of a classic view But also like this This basically Widen up view Where you can see The entire battlefield Okay um, Which you kind of Have to decide for yourself If you like that or not um, It it The game is more open world In that you move around Through the various sections Of the school And through the various sections Of the city And find um, The various scenarios Where you encounter Various characters And have enemies to fight in Mm-hmm um for the rest it's it's the basically same action where you have to press two different buttons, one for jump one for kicking and one for using your fists, mm-hmm. and pressing them both will of course let the character jump. Um so there's not really much to it, but it has a charming feel to it, and I kinda like it.
1: Hmm. How much is that? Is that like six? That's eight hundred
0: 800- that's 800 yen. 800, okay. And that, I think that yep. came out
1: maybe the same week as the uh, Blaze Blue game, actually. Are really no, that's, close to no,
0: no, 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 no. Uh, the Blaze Blue game came out uh, December 26th, together with uh, uh, 3D Space Area. Mm-hmm. And um, Kunio Kun came out on December 12th.
1: Okay. Well, that's not that far off.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So, basic. Oh, yeah, I played Charrihasi dX as well, which is a uh, cycling game,
1: oh, that thing, chuddy, yeah, yeah. chuddy, yeah, that one <laughs> looks kind of crazy it 's like you're this stick man on a bike and you're like platforming on different things and it's some sometimes it's like looks you 're going through like cities and stuff, but then yeah. sometimes, at least according to the trailer, you 're just some neo acid trip fantasy. <laughs> going I don't know through someone's nightmares. It looks kinda of horrifying.
0: Well basically you have these World Tour mode where you go for various cities. Uh those those tracks you use are, are bonus unlockable tracks. So basically mm-hmm. they give a bonus away.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And there is this endless mode. It's a lo- it's kind of fun actually. Hmm. Hmm. So there you have all the eShop games I've playing and two retail games, one of which is not out in Japan even, so there you go. <laughs>
1: Cool, cool. Well, thanks a lot, Don, for that. That's awesome. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and close this out with new business. Um, Like I said, I I have just a little bit to talk about here, and then um, these guys are going to leave the room, and it's going to be just me and James uh, from the past (laughs) talking about some stuff that we played. But uh, um, actually, just the other day, I, I just started playing Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, this is something that I had bought from Nintendo of America's website last, like, April, like when it first came out, and I had my dad send it to me, and uh, I haven't played it <laughs> until just like a couple of days ago. Um, I- I've played the Japanese version before. Uh, I borrowed it from a buddy of mine. He just let me borrow it. But, um, you know, I played that for like, a couple hours. So I didn't get too far, and even with this, I think I've only played for maybe an hour and a half or something. So, I mean, I've just been kind of wandering around uh, Colony 9, and, uh, you know, just, seeing stuff so I, I haven't really been doing too much so maybe next month if i play a little bit more maybe i'll have a little bit more of an update on what i think about it but um then another game actually that i played um over my break from work is uh the walking dead games um and i i played it on ios and uh like they had some kind of a crazy deal going where you, the first episode was free so i was like okay that's awesome price it's <laughs> free hey kid so um The first one's free. See there? (laughs) So I I played the first episode and I absolutely loved it. And uh, so I went ahead and they had some kind of a a pack where you can get like all all the other four episodes for like $15. So I I bought that and um, yeah, I I ended up completing the whole, uh, all the episodes uh, just a couple of days ago, maybe last week or something.
0: Without spoiling anything, what do you think of episode 5?
1: Uh, sad and depressing.
0: <laughs> you see, Ty, I was right. Yeah. It's sad and depressing.
1: Yeah, but, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's a amazing, amazing game. Uh, when, when it comes to just, yeah. God, like narratives and stuff like that in, in games, this is, this is stuff that I absolutely love and I'd love to see more stuff like this. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many crazy choices and stuff that you have to make. And, um, actually, one of my good friends, he just, I think he just beat it tonight. And uh, okay. so I've been talking with him about it too. He's like, oh, what'd you do with this or that character? Or what did you do in this situation? It's always kind of fun just to, even you know, talk to your friends and see what they did in particular uh, areas of the game to see if they're bastards or if you're the you bastard. You said you
4: were playing <laughs> the mobile version?
1: Yeah, well, it's on iOS. Like, I'm playing on my okay. iPad. But, I mean, it's... I, I saw, like, videos of the 360 version compared to... And then I kind of like, okay, well, uh, I guess the main difference between iOS version and like stuff on 360, the one's just a little bit like, uh, just looks a little bit better. Uh, When Um, you
4: finish an episode, does it compare your choices with uh, the general population's choices?
1: Yes, but I'm not sure if that's only on that platform like you know i did ios i don't know if that's only ios or if that's all of the platforms combined i don't really imagine
4: they'd be wildly different but it would be interesting if they were
1: yeah yeah it would be and um yeah unfortunately uh i don't really know <laughs> which you know like you said which one it is if it's comparing all of them or not so but um yeah ty you, have you played this i yeah, think yeah i, I played through it Okay, cool.
0: I mean, sh- yeah, we we talked about it a few a few a uh, few months ago, before. Cuz
1: I remember you played it down. I just I didn't remember Ty's. Yeah, and he a- asked okay.
4: me if uh, yeah. if I cried like a little girl at the
1: end and I told him no. <laughs> okay. Well, Ty doesn't cry. He not allowed to. So Well, I don't know. Yeah. I thought
0: well, I, I, asked, I asked I asked if your father was sad and he said and you said no. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, not not
4: that sad. I don't know. Did Did you guys <laughs> finish Metal Gear Solid 3? I mean, I thought that ending was sad. You might want to check that out.
1: Did you guys finish Super Mario Bros. 3?
4: Oh, man. I thought that ending that was, was sad. sad. <laughs> it, the whole thing
1: was a dream. Yes, Super Mario 3. Spoiler alert! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cool, well, uh, I guess that kind of concludes my new business, like I said, uh here coming up. You're going to be able to hear from me and James what we had played uh, at the very tail end of last month, so uh, stick around, and we'll be right
6: back. Uh And last for new
4: business,
1: Business. Actually, this is kind of a special bit of new business. Um, <laughs> this is kind of weird for me because, well, for me, this is recording back in the past, and you're listening to stuff that we have just been doing out through the month of January. But uh, right now, I'm joined with a very joined by a very special guest, uh, Mr. James Charlton.
6: Hi, everybody. Hi.
1: What's going on, man? <laughs>
6: uh, thanks for the introducing me this time. I don't know late title title card this time. <laughs>
1: Yes, I, I remember this time, so thank God, right? But um, over the uh, winter holidays, I got to spend some time with James at his house, and we got to play a lot of games and stuff. So I think uh, it's kind of like a special new business. I, I wanted to, you know, get James in here, and so we can kind of talk about what we did. Uh, so yeah,
6: Christmas at the Chelton household for Danny.
1: Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> otherwise it would have just been me by myself. Eating, I don't know, corn dogs for dinner
6: on, with your with your love plus girlfriend on the stand. With my
1: new love plus girlfriend, who is currently, you know, wanting to break up with me, so <laughs> even
6: even his virtual girlfriends are leaving. Him. Yes, yes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it's kind of sad sometimes.
6: No, uh, um, yeah, it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's always nicer to be with people at Christmas, isn't it? So you know, yeah, the, more yeah. the merrier.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So yeah, on uh, Christmas Eve, I headed out to uh, James's house, and I got to spend some time with him and his family. And uh, in my bag, I made sure to bring my Wii U Woo-hoo. because yeah, because James, you a TGS, you didn't get to play, you just got to see it, right?
6: No, no, I played.
1: Um, oh, I played Tekken and the, Tekken and the other stupid games.
6: <laughs> stank, thanks, thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a preview
1: that's <laughs> That's a winner. Yeah. <laughs> well, Anyways, I brought uh, my Wii U minus those those games. Um no no tank tank tank, sorry. Uh to James Dismay. But uh
6: <laughs> yeah, the 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 freemium version wasn't available at that point, right? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. So I
1: think it, I think it happened like
6: the next day, right? A... <laughs>
1: I think so, something like that, which is kind of crazy and stupid, but hey, whatever. Um but I did bring all of my Wii game Wii U games that I have, and that's Super Mario Brother, new Super Mario Brothers U. Uh, Zombie U, Nintendo Land, and Monster Hunter Tri G HD version. So we got to try out all of those games actually, and um.
6: You're, you're forgetting the Killer App though. That's you know it wasn't. Oh on the my disc. god! It wasn't a disc. Yeah, but, you know, the Killer App. <laughs> Karaoke U.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And that, uh, if you listen to last month's Famicast, you'll obviously <laughs> know that we talked about that quite a bit, and it, it's completely, utterly fun awesome game and it's completely free minus, you know, having to pay for the service. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, main, yeah, main, main, free exactly. yeah. but I mean, in terms of, if you think about going to karaoke at regular karaoke places, this is so much cheaper. Um,
6: yeah, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. People, when people say that, Oh, it's a free app, but it's a rip off cause you have to pay for the hour or something. But it's like, yeah. Like yeah. you said, if you go to a real karaoke box, you know, you're going to pay a lot more than that. I mean, what's what? What do you pay for like an hour or something?
1: Well, I usually get like the all you can, all drink, you can drink, so that's that kind of inflates the price. But uh, hey, geez, I mean, a, that's I, a
6: callback to a previous uh, Famicast, right? All you can eat, all you can drink,
1: tabehoda nomi hoda. Exactly, and I I definitely do the nomi hoda when I go to karaoke <laughs> here, <laughs> you and you you can do it for like two or three hours, and I think I could get away with like maybe three thousand or four thousand yen, just it just really depends where I go. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean that's that's kind of expensive and that's just, you know, a couple of hours of entertainment plus drinks.
6: So for a thousand yen less you can get like a month. Is that right? You, for a thousand
1: yen less, time? yeah, for two thousand you can karaoke all you want for ninety days. Wow, one and a half
6: months. Bonus.
1: Yeah. And then you know you can buy your drinks separately and probably cheaper <laughs> at yeah. the grocery store.
6: Mix, mix it around—that's what we did, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's, so yeah, it's
6: pretty cool, right? I mean, was that part of the Wii U when you first got it, or did it was that after the update?
1: That was part of it right off the bat, oh, yeah, and they, cool. they'd announced. Yeah, they announced Very that back it. in November. So
6: yeah, because I mean we're hearing stories already, and probably even more stories. You know, like by the end of January, like about people just getting annoyed with you know updating their wii u and like breaking it or just giving up or something people like oh how do you set up the wii u it's so confusing but to have that Mm -hmm. already on is a very very smart move and this i think this is the killer app for japan i know it sounds silly to to say that a karaoke app is you know the killer app for the nintendo system but it really is in japan of course, I'm talking right?
1: About it. Right, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you did have to go through kind of like an update process for it, but oh, okay. uh, <laughs> after that, it was all good to well, go. You do
6: have to be online, right? I mean, when, Th- that's when right. You first, when we were setting up the Wii U in my place, you know, we, we had a, a few little problems um, setting up the internet for whatever reason, um, but we got it sorted out. But there was a point now we were thinking, ah, just do we need internet? And then it suddenly dawned on us, wait a minute, no internet, <laughs> no karaoke. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. So we have to get so, it done, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, so we got it done anyway. So yeah, I was—I'm very impressed with like how fully featured it is. Like, I mean, I've just listened to um, the the Christmas episode of the Famicast and and um, you guys were talking about it there with Don, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, just like all the features—it's got like you know, like this—you can customize the costumes and the stage and like and the backgrounds and you know they've got like um like a little room my room kind of thing right? Mm-hmm. and you can like put your little me's in there and just like set up a little karaoke box virtual karaoke box in there it's very very cool
5: mm-hmm. yeah,
6: i really like the way they did it but i mean like the menus are well presented and they make sense you know it and uh, like you said in that in the previous episode you know it's it's very reminiscent of a karaoke box um like what do you call it like a it's not a tablet computer, but what is it? It's like a karaoke controller. It's like a touchscreen
1: touch yeah. controller that's as heavy as an, as an Xbox 360. <laughs> exactly.
6: <laughs> I mean, yeah, the single touch things, right? They're not like right. super advanced. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: right so right, it's like right. a Wii U then, right? <laughs> hey. <laughs> kind go. of. Yeah.
6: Um, so yeah, it's yeah, just like, I think, I mean, it, you know, like how the Wii Remote kind of got people got over the fact it was a gaming system by the way it looked like a tv remote
5: like Mm -hmm. for
6: japanese people like if they see this as a karaoke box remote i think that could get people over that hurdle of like holy shit how many buttons are on that thing (laughs) if they look at it as a karaoke tablet then it kind of makes more sense to a lot more people
1: right Uh, right and i mean yeah with with the and you're doing the karaoke thing too I mean everything's taking place on the touch screen right. you don't have to fiddle around with buttons you know nothing like that right. even like on the main screen it's just basically the video for the song and maybe just t- telling you the different modes and stuff basically but uh, it, it's really approachable for people that have you know look like you said look at it and like oh my god what I can't do this you can
6: yeah I, I don't think you even use the buttons at all right
1: no not at all
6: so, um, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And, uh, yeah, they got a hell of a lot of songs there, right?
1: Yeah, they do. <laughs> I
6: mean, there's, I think there's, like, a, a couple. Uh, like you mentioned before, like, um, there's not very many rap uh, songs on there. <laughs> because, yeah. Uh, you know, Newsflash, it's not that popular in Japan. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Particularly some of the rap that I like, it's not even popular in America. <laughs> so I don't think it's coming here. Yeah. That GameCube Nintendo one—it's not on there, right? GameCube Nintendo. I might just throw the drop in there randomly throughout this episode. <laughs> Boom! GameCube Nintendo, <laughs> and a bit of Reggie as well. Yeah. <laughs> Mina watashi
6: <laughs> That was great. I really like that. Mini san Mini Uh, I—I I can't remember who I was talking about with this on Twitter, but like that—that that part when um. <laughs> Reggie speaking Japanese. Kenichiwa. It reminds me of the um the end the end uh, outtakes the rush hour with Jackie Chan mm-hmm. and um Chris uh what's his name
1: Chris, Chris, Tucker. Chris Tucker
6: right and he's mm-hmm. like uh Chris Tucker is trying to speak Chinese or whatever and he goes like he goes like he's trying to say She She but he messes it up and then Jackie goes <laughs> look you can't say two words in Chinese I don't know how hard I am you speak English and Iwata basically said that to Reggie. He said, "Like he said, like "Ah, now you know how hard it is for me, or something like that." It was like word for word. It was like that. I was like, "Am I watching Rush Hour?"
1: Yes. Reggie Reggie is Chris Tucker.
6: (laughs) Yeah, do a YouTube search now if you're listening to this for like (laughs) Rush Hour outtakes or something like that. (laughs) So um, yeah, so back to karaoke. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that was. I think that was the first thing we played.
1: Yeah, um, I believe so. Obviously,
6: my my wife was there, so um, it was uh, it was a good thing to get her in into that uh, straight away, you know. And uh, you know, Danny had already set up the, the he'd already paid for the month and a half, so we were ready to go. So <laughs> um, it was very cool. I, she really liked it, and uh, I mean, my wife actually, even though she is Japanese, she hasn't she doesn't have very much experience with karaoke. She's not really into it. <laughs> But um, I think, like, doing it at home is, like, um, you know, it's very comfortable for her to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll be the same for a lot of Japanese people, you know, like, uh, if they're not, if they go to the karaoke box on their own, or if they only go with, like, <laughs> one of their friends or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Which does happen, right? We laugh. But, yeah, yeah you know, it's... it's not a thing that you go to with, like, you know, 20, 30 guys. It's, like, um, yeah. It's, it is usually just your best friend or just a couple of your best friends
1: that you yeah. go with. Or or if you do go with a big group of people it yeah. just gets chaotic and nobody can I mean hear if you're anybody. only there y <laughs> you're there for like, you know, two hours and you get to sing like one song. Yeah, yeah you can't have any conversations with anybody. Yeah. It's just kind of people are obnoxious. just talking
6: over you and it's like nobody's listening to you anyway, so it's like Yeah. Um, so I guess it could happen in your own home. <laughs> <laughs> it could. <laughs>
1: Probably not gonna happen in my apartment, but <laughs>
6: <laughs> So yeah, that was really cool and uh yeah, my, my wife got into it and stuff and we all added our me's, so it was all authentic and uh mm-hmm. like the the backgrounds are very amusing. <laughs> the stupid <laughs> videos
1: and stuff. Love the videos, yeah. they're so great.
6: But the the me integration is really good. And um, mm-hmm. we did um we did a battle, didn't we? Like a Caribbean, right, like a song contest battle, rap yeah. battle. <laughs> <laughs> Epic career better history. Um, history. Yeah. So we did like me, my wife versus Danny and uh, Danny. Danny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you kicked <laughs> both of our asses, actually, right?
1: yeah well one of the times is actually pretty close i think i beat you guys by like a point yeah, that's
6: true it was 80 to 81 wasn't it I remember that something before. like yeah. that yeah it's really good because you can just choose whatever song you want and while one person's singing you know the next person's browsing and like queuing up what mm-hmm. they want to sing so it's very right. it's very uh seamless you know you're yeah. not, like all sat staring at a blank screen while one guy dicks around trying to find a song it's
1: like, yeah yeah so yeah i was does. you know basically playing the thing only by myself before playing with you guys uh i didn't even realize that well i guess i did realize that you can choose songs in between you know when somebody else is singing but man that's just i mean it's just like the karaoke box experience because yeah. after somebody picks a song you just pass off the remote thing and you know people just go at it so it's like you said it just keeps it so people aren't just okay douchebag get done so i could you know have my turn it's no you can just really get on with it and they totally ignore whoever's singing
6: yeah and you just, just selecting <laughs> me and then you just select your song and when you press accept then it kind of flashes up on the, the tv for a second doesn't it it says like yeah you know danny is going to sing you know um uh, <laughs> going back to deen deen <laughs> <da>. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah oh yeah or that one so yeah it's very very uh, well done oh i mean did nintendo develop that app or joy sound or
1: they they were i think i believe they worked on it in collaboration Cordabon. with joy sound okay. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Carabbo>. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. exactly. So,
6: cross, it's a Nintendo cross, <laughs> actually.
1: I, I think it does say like you know, X, like cross, unlike yeah, 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 yeah. the ridiculously long title.
6: <laughs> People didn't really know about the whole cross thing until uh, uh Street Fighter, cross Tekken, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, they, mm-hmm. they have used that cross thing for a long time in Japan, yeah. Anything, basically means collaboration.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, so yeah, we had a we had a great time playing karaoke, and there's actually, ironically, uh, there was a karaoke TV show on at the time when we were playing karaoke, <laughs> which my wife wanted to watch, so we um, we could try out the, you know, <laughs> hey, I want to watch this on TV mode of the Wii U, <laughs> great, so you can play stuff while other people are doing it, which when I eventually get a Wii U, you know, that's going to be really useful for me. I mean, uh, I don't know if I've said this on old Famicast, but, like, you know, that is, like, the main feature for me for the Wii U, like, Mm -hmm. uh, being able to play it while other people are using the TV, and then when people go to bed, then I can flick on the TV and, you know, play it on the big screen. Mm -hmm. So, that was cool. Um, And, obviously, this is my first time playing with a a retail system, you know, without wires coming out the controller, so that was... Mm -hmm. It was cool seeing how light it, was, how light the control, uh, gamepad is, and everything, and how right, and how right. crap the battery is because we had to charge <laughs> it in the middle of a gaming session, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Find the nearest plug to the sofa. It's like, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> the red, the lights flashing red already.
1: Yeah, knock over the Christmas tree, plug in the gamepad.
6: <laughs> yeah, Danny, that's what Danny did actually. He yes, did actually.
1: kicked it over, stomped it on it. All the ornaments are broken. Um,
6: <laughs> so, what did we play after that? Did we? I think I played Mario. Mm-hmm. We, played, we played Mario together, didn't we? Um,
1: yeah, a little bit.
6: So we tried to do the buddy mode. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
6: It's actually called buddy mode, but it's not called that in the English version. I don't think.
1: No. It's like I... Co-op
6: or co-star or whatever. But yeah, we played the buddy mode, and uh, Danny was Danny was the uh, the gamepad guy, and mm-hmm. uh, he sucked. Hey. <laughs> seriously
1: sucked (laughs) i could have just been a total jerk and tried to kill you because basically my other experience with doing that is doing just that killing my friend or him killing me and that that's a kind of a different skill in and amongst itself i I actually
6: couldn't work out if you were trying to help me or not danny It was kind of like hey is he he just really bad at this or is he he trying to kill me or i don't know both <laughs> <laughs> no but we tried to do those um those challenge stages where you know you have to work together it's like if you don't have the platforms provided by the guy then you die mm-hmm. that, those mm-hmm. are really hard When they we, I, don't, I think we yeah. managed a few of those
1: yeah i think so it's kind of pathetic <laughs>
6: the ice one with the spikes and it's like you have to keep moving and it's like oh the there's, there's no ground at all it's just mm-hmm. empty space and there's like spikes falling from above and jesus christ you both have to be really good
1: yeah like, yeah
6: i just can't imagine how many retries that would take to to perfect that
1: one too many for us because i think that's when we yeah, quit, we're playing. We're, we're quit playing <laughs> i
6: think that was only a three star like difficulty
1: yeah so it wasn't even supposed to be that hard jesus but
6: christ. <laughs> yeah i think we only managed the one star ones
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think so uh
6: then uh, i played a bit of the one player game on my own and, but mm. i didn't really want to play too much because you know i'm gonna get the game when i get a review so i just messed around the first world just be the first castle and that was enough i didn't want to really spoil anymore mm-hmm. and then i think we moved on to nintendo land didn't we?
1: yeah yeah
6: which is uh the, i don't know the game we played second most i guess
1: yeah i think so uh,
6: so i I'd, I'd already seen so many preview videos of this and like you know impressions <laughs> and you know like rfn connectivity and all the other podcasts i listen to uh that all that combined you know i pretty much knew everything about the game already so i already knew mm-hmm. which ones i didn't want to play so it's just like <laughs> immediately just like octopus dance yeah get rid of that one don't, even, don't even <laughs> one. uh and then and even the other like ones that i knew were crap i just wanted to have just a quick go like f-zero one just like either one minute yeah. ago. Yep, that's exactly what I thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah, seriously, even still to this point, I haven't even played it. <laughs> I watched James play and that was enough for me. Yeah. I just despise that type of
6: ugh. Very, very cool. I mean, the fact was you're supposed to just look at the gamepad or, or hold it up or something, but like mm-hmm. I just ended up not looking at the gamepad at all and just looking at the TV, which, which you're not <laughs> supposed to do because they make the camera angles awkward, so that doesn't work. Just weird. <laughs> it's just like they don't let you play it as an F-Zero game. It's like, nope, look at the gamepad. Yeah. Look at a crappy over-the-top flash game. And uh, <laughs> let everyone else look at the uh, nice graphics on the TV. It doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. Yeah. Uh, the balloon trip breeze one. I just read about that tip that lets you speed it up. So um, I did that and I'd also learned about the, you know, the co-op uh, opportunities that all the games have. I think Don mentioned mm-hmm. that on the previous episode as well. Like how right, players yeah. you can, like can help you out on a lot of the games. So mm-hmm. Danny helped me out on the Trip a little bit. Mm-hmm.
1: Sometimes, <laughs> except for when I was like knocking spiky things into you. But yeah.
6: hey. I think I got to like, the second, end of the second day you know, with, with yeah, your help. You, and that was my first yeah. ever go of the game, ever. So yeah, uh, definitely easier with two people, I think. Um, so the multiplayer games we played, we played Luigi's... Uh, ghost house
1: yes M- mansion ghost mansion. place
6: <laughs> ghost, yeah ghost apartment because yeah, yeah i think
1: so ghost <laughs> apartment yeah
6: yeah um which is a lot of fun but i think it's a lot i think it's too easy with two people that, that, was, yeah. that was my impression like uh, you got me very easily and then i got you very easily so it's kind of like yeah i mean it's a lot of fun and you know mm-hmm. the evil cackle that danny let out when he caught me was uh, quite frightening <laughs> but um <laughs> It is a lot of fun, you know,
1: creeping up on people. hmm
6: <clears throat> But yeah, I think that would work better with five people.
1: Yeah, or at least at least three, yeah, I think, so. because like you said, it's just way too easy uh yeah, yeah. For the ghost character. It's just way too easy to catch the dude.
6: Yeah. I should I should point out that my wife had already gone to bed at this point, so that's why she wasn't <laughs> included in these games. Um <laughs> uh, so. And then uh, what was the other one? We didn't we didn't play Mario Chase. I'd, I don't know. I'd kind of had enough of that just from watching videos. And another yeah. one. I think you need more people for that. I think it would have been boring just to.
1: I played it once with two players. Actually, I liked it quite a bit. Okay. So.
6: Yeah, I'd seen some videos of just two people playing, and they were just they just couldn't find each other. <laughs> it just looked very very tedious. Um. Uh, what else? What was the other multiplayer game? Oh, the Animal Crossing one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was probably the best of those three uh, that we the the multiplayer games that you have to mm-hmm. the only multiplayer games. Um, mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. Like, uh, well, it took us a tr- couple of tries to work out what you're supposed to do, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then once we knew, then uh, you know, I was collecting those candies and throwing them in that pit and stuff. That was quite fun. <laughs> How mm-hmm. was it for you on the the gamepad?
1: It's kind of weird because don't you have to, I think you have to use like the two different joysticks or two somethings, I don't know.
6: You can see the whole map, right? Like
1: Yeah, yeah. I could see, or at least in my general area, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, because you're controlling both those two little guys around. It's just weird <laughs> using both joysticks to control, you know, two different characters on the screen. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was interesting and it was really, it was really cool. I'm kind of glad that they, you know, they're doing stuff like that. Just you know i've never really done anything like that in a game having to control two characters with, you know uh left and right stick so it was cool
6: yeah i can't really see well anyone in my family been able to do that no
1: no way yeah. yeah definitely not is it the thing about nintendo land and i know this has probably been said before but it's this this is something that it's if you've played games before, if you're familiar with modern controllers, mm-hmm. you could probably play Nintendo Land and have fun with it. Yeah. But if you take, like, your mom or grandma or whoever, that, you know, you they started, you know, playing games again with the Wii. This is just something that is not <laughs> for them, at least the majority of these games, if not all of but them. I
6: think the Wii remote parts of the games are, are possibly <laughs> playable by people of my family, like my wife would be able to play luigi's uh ghost house as the you know the people with the flashlights and yeah she might be able to like you know chase people in mario chase stuff like that but like when you're yeah. talking about you know gamepad stuff like the metroid ship and the, oh. the animal crossing guards it's like yeah just forget about it you yeah forget, forget,
1: about, about it. forget
6: about it no <laughs> way that people can do dual or triple analog in the case of the metroid <laughs> <world>. yeah <laughs> it's like it's are you kidding me <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I mean, I think it's great, but like you said, it's just for oh, yeah, yeah, people yeah, that are yeah. yeah unexperienced gamers, it's just not going to happen. Yeah.
6: So, yeah, Animal Crossing was okay, and then, um, what else have we got? The, uh, yeah, then I played a bunch of the single-player ones, uh, well, Danny mm-hmm. watched <laughs> the uh, Donkey Kong one, which is balls hard Yeah, Jeez,
1: I, I've experience. played that quite a bit, it's yeah, it's pretty ridiculous, but didn't we play Zelda together?
6: Oh, right, yes, that's the, uh, yeah. the other one. Yeah, so was good, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: Wii Sports, very Wii, Wii Sports Resort.
1: Yeah, um, I, and, you know, in Wii Sports Resort, the mode where you're going through, you know, basically yeah. beating, spanking people with the kendo stick. Yeah, sp-
6: spanking, <laughs> that's what it's
1: called. <laughs> and that was, you know, that was a lot of fun. That was probably one of the, uh, the most enjoyable things I, f- I found about that game, I, that and the basketball. But, um, yeah, it's kind of just seems like a better version of that and just, you know, with the Zelda theme, which is cool. So I, I was really glad to get to play that. And I got to play for the first time using the the bow and arrow with James because mm-hmm. I'd never done that before. And that that was interesting. So.
6: Yeah, it's good. It's like bite-sized Zelda stages.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: It's a uh, mixture of the Kendo game and the uh, Skyward Sword, Skyward Strike,
5: mm-hmm. uh, charging up mm-hmm. the
6: strike and stuff. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like interesting combination of uh, you know uh, Nintendo games in a very easy to use package.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh,
6: but yeah, it's just yeah, it's just it's quite shallow, but you know it's it's fun. <laughs> I think I don't know. I think in a group that would be cool, uh, even more fun. I guess it's the same for all of these games. The mm-hmm. more people, the better. It's a little bit lonely. I, could, I can't imagine playing that on my own it would be that much fun. But I don't know. You played on your own, right?
1: Yeah, I did. Just the swordsman part. I cannot imagine trying to play the bow and arrow part by myself. Because it seems like there's way too, in, too many enemies. It takes way too long to kill them right. You know, with the bow and arrow. And I don't know. I could find myself getting angry really quickly with it. It doesn't
6: adjust difficulty or energy levels for the enemies, right?
1: I don't think so.
6: Like, no matter how many people are playing, no matter who you are. It's the same amount of enemies, the same energy levels.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Yeah, that's... Cause I think uh, James Jones was talking about it uh, on a recent episode of RFN, and he was saying like basically the same thing. It's like even if you have, you know, uh, I guess, five players, it's still going to be – well, it's probably going to be kind of easy because <laughs> you have so many people just spanking the enemies and you know, still one guy just being a jerk and just picking them off in the background. So yeah. uh, it seems pretty easy.
6: Yeah, I think two guys with swords and one guy hanging back with the bow and arrow I think that would be quite fun.
1: Yeah, I think so too.
6: Yeah. Um, are we forgetting anything else?
1: Uh, I think with Nintendo Land I think that was it.
6: Yeah, I think so. And just like walking around and uh, you know, the, the, what's that, the uh, pachinko style game and stuff like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. like that as well. It's
5: a, mm-hmm. it's
6: a lot of fun. It's a nicely presented package but I think I think I'd kind of spoiled it for myself too much by reading too many things and watching too many videos. It just like mm-hmm. it wasn't new to me at all. It was, and it was pretty much what I expected. Everything played how I thought it was gonna play, and mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of as fun as I thought it was gonna be. I wasn't really surprised mm-hmm. by anything in Nintendo Land, but it was, uh, you know, I had some fun. Yeah, you know,
1: I think for me, I, I believe I said this in the last episode too, but, you know, going in, I read up a lot about the game, I, I listened to a lot of different podcasts talking about it, and, I don't know, My, I wasn't really expecting much out of the game, but I saw that it was kind of cheap, like around like 4,000 yen, so I was like, you know, hey, I'm just going to take the plunge, it's not that expensive for a brand new game, and if I like it, great, if I don't like it, well, shit. <laughs> God, you know,
6: I keep forgetting that, it's not packed in, with the premium yeah. Japan. Can, yeah. Right? So yeah, yeah, in Japan, like we pay more for the premium than any other country <laughs> and don't even get the game. That's fucking that ridiculous, the but there you go. Yeah. At least we get karaoke yeah. U.
1: <laughs> yeah, hey man, I think it's, it's All versions, right?
6: P- All even the basic
1: Yeah. Set, everything. Right? Everything. So, System cool, level.
6: Cool. Well you never know with Nintendo, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly.
6: Uh so talking about pack ins, uh your mm-hmm. pack in game was <laughs> Monster Hunter, right? It's
1: monster hunter and uh you know i talked about it quite a bit on the last episode but uh james this is his first time getting to see the game yeah uh, i just wanted it...
6: to boot it up just to have a look at it uh mm-hmm. i've played the i've played the, a demo of monster hunter every tgs for the past seven <laughs> years <laughs> i've never you know never got past the first 20 minutes of a monster hunter game and mm-hmm. uh, i think if danny's all honest i don't think he, he has either Hey,
1: I've gotten a little bit further than that. 25. 20, 27, but hey, what? Who's counting? Yeah. No. So, um, yeah,
6: obviously, I've played the demo of the you know three G, tri G, or whatever on the three DS. Mm-hmm. I've played the demo of the Wii version. You know, I've, I've played the first few minutes of this game. You know, three times now, and it's like, yeah, I just wanted to see what it looked like. And, uh, yeah. yeah, it looks fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think the guys on Red Sun Gamer put it best. They were talking about this a couple of episodes ago on their podcast. And with this game, this is just something that if you're not, like, already super invested into the series, if you don't, like, know exactly what you're doing, this is, like, just kind of hard to get into. Yeah, um, it is. They definitely need yeah. the a better
6: tutorial, but um, maybe more than
1: Four. I don't know. You yeah, know. Uh, we'll see. <laughs>
6: Um, but yeah, the the only weird thing for me with uh, the, the Wii U game besides an up res 3DS game or the Wii game. Um, yeah. I, can't, I don't understand why they couldn't up res the Wii game and just implement the the, the 3DS controls. It's like <laughs> other controls that tightly linked to the, to the graphics. I, <laughs> it doesn't really make sense to yes. me. It's like, nope, it's, if it's the based on the 3DS one, we've got to use the 3DS graphics. And it's like, uh, <laughs> But I guess if they link together, you know, they, you know, you can play with 3DS, uh, controlling on the Wii U, right? Like you can all play right, so together, I think, right, so that's probably why. Exactly, it, so I think
1: that was the idea.
6: Yeah. I think that's the same case for the, the PSP and PS3 game as well. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why the PS3 game looks like a pile of shit, because <laughs> it's, it's a PSP <laughs> game blown up. Yeah. but there's uh the a4 guys were saying that they did a lot better job with this one right like they did the menus and everything properly as oh yeah to the... just blowing up a tiny tiny yeah. sprite to 1080p they actually redrew the sprites and...
1: oh yeah i mean menus and stuff like that those look absolutely amazing it's totally crisp clear that's that's wonderful the but,
6: movie, yeah. right?
1: <laughs> oh yeah the intro movie is completely redone but like the whenever you get into like the story mode there's like a video in it and it's just looks like it's 480p (laughs) not really you know it just looks like you know Wii or 3ds version minus the 3d obviously uh (laughs) so
6: yeah yeah and you mentioned the lack of gamepad support which is very very strange
1: yeah for the off tv play
6: yeah Yeah. that's what i mean like the fact that you've got all the sticks all the buttons you got everything yeah. you need, and it's like, nope.
1: Dude, you have to get the 3DS version for off-play, <laughs> off-TV play. Buy an
6: extra system to get off-TV's play.
1: Mm. Perfect.
6: Yeah, Maybe Monster Hunter 4 HD is going to have all of that, right?
0: We'll see. Yeah.
1: Maybe
6: that will be the game that will make me want to play Monster Hunter.
1: I'm crossing my fingers, Probably
6: too. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last game that you had was uh, Zombie U, right? Zombie U? Mm-hmm. Zombie And um, so, didn't play the single player at all. We just uh, did the multiplayer.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, which is two player offline only, right? So, the yes. way we played it is the only way you can play it. <laughs> which is uh, kind of interesting. Uh, no split screen at all, right? It's like, just mm-hmm. gamepad and someone like another TV.
1: Right. <clears throat> right, right, right.
6: So... There were quite a few modes, right? The, the first one we played, I guess it was like a capture the capture the flag kind of mode. Yeah, you stand yeah. in a zone, and you were spawning zombies to try and kill me. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I guess I assuming I was supposed to be taking the zones too, but I don't know. Sometimes zombies would just stand there and do nothing, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of annoying. I have like my, the maximum amount deployed, and all of a sudden these morons are just standing where i told him to go <laughs> so i guess i'm the moron but <laughs> so I, I remember you know. just
6: standing next to a flag easily capturing it and then moving on to the next <laughs> one and then you had like one zombie hitting a flag post with his bare hands and i just shot <sighs> him in the face and then captured that one <laughs> and just moved on and then i won i was like is that it
1: <laughs> yeah so that i i wasn't really a big fan of that mode i was kind of yeah boring and then we
6: changed to the uh is it assault i think
1: I think that's uh, what it was which
6: is basically just me versus you you and your gang of zombies versus me with the right guns. right uh, and that was a lot more fun right that was a lot more like balanced it felt it felt like yeah it exactly felt like you had a chance of beating me and I had a very strong chance of dying because <laughs> you can mm-hmm, spawn guys mm-hmm. behind me which mm-hmm. is really cool so i'm like yeah. taking out guys in front of you like you could put them in front of me to like distract me and then place someone else behind me right
1: Mm-hmm.
6: and then mm-hmm. i would die without <laughs> knowing somebody was there that was quite cool yeah
1: so i i, I really enjoyed that I thought that was a lot of fun just you know just trying to screw you over or whatever it was just it was great. you could actually win yeah hey <laughs> for the first time in my life i could win <laughs>
6: winning yeah um, <laughs> yeah those spitting zombies are a bitch right
1: yeah they it, kind of were got
6: like like sniper level of accuracy it's like they can spit at you from like across the stage, and it's like they kill you <laughs> with like three hits or
1: something. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like, pretty pretty brutal.
6: Yeah, and you can't see anything. It's like your screen's distorted and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. lots of cool ideas. I think that very felt felt it felt like they added it in at the last second, but like they did a good job, even though they only spent you know a couple of weeks doing it. <laughs> um, but like Zombie U two, I could see like you know some. All of that online and just like smoothed out and just less buggy and everything like that. I think that would mm-hmm. be really cool.
1: Yeah, I think so too.
6: Like, um, you know, deploying zombies, uh, you know, online, that's <laughs> it just seems to make a lot more sense to me. Like, you know,
5: because
6: mm-hmm. people can't see the gamepad and they can't see what you're doing at all, you know. Mm-hmm. Cool. And having like more than one guy there would also, yeah, make definitely. Sense. Like, if you've got like three <laughs> friends, like one guy's the zombie, what's it called, the king of the zombies or whatever?
3: Yes. And he's trying like to that, kill
6: right? three guys who are you know, mm-hmm. co-oping against you. That would be awesome. That would be like mm-hmm. so much more fun. That would be like more definitely than dead. Yeah. But at the moment, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> limited.
1: <laughs> right, right, right.
6: We didn't play 3DS at all, did we?
1: I don't think we did. I think we just stuck to yeah, Wii U mainly. Wii U. So
6: we did some street. Oh, well, I tried to do street passing, but it didn't work. Yeah, it
1: didn't. You know, I, I checked mine later, and it didn't work for you me either. Get me? Nope, nothing, nothing from you. So when,
6: <laughs> usually when me and Danny meet up, you know, if we like hang out like for the most of the day, we can usually street pass each other twice, you know, in mm-hmm. a day or whatever. Uh, but we didn't get any. I got like Danny's Mario one, but I didn't get him in the street past Plaza,
1: which is weird. Yeah, it was really weird.
6: Yeah, because I wanted some puzzle pieces for me, because I've been falling behind, because i barely, <laughs> well, yeah, literally did, do not have any time to play games in the moment. but <laughs> there you go. That's why I'm enjoying this holiday,
1: <laughs>
6: or, <laughs> it's already past future. <laughs> we can call this bit the future pasta uh, segment.
1: <laughs> the, yeah, that's definitely what it is. <laughs> I have
6: already enjoyed my holiday there you go <laughs> <laughs> um so i guess this is my new business as well right this bit.
5: yeah <laughs> this pretty, pretty much i
1: mean
6: business um so uh, over the actually while danny was there um, my uh, father-in-law came over to our house uh, with some exciting news and he just come back from this, you know, big christmas shop you know been to like the supermarket and bought like a crap ton of things to survive over the New Year period because mm-hmm. uh, Japan basically shuts down from like the thirtieth to the second of uh, January. Yeah, like yeah. Um, you can't get money out of an ATM, for example. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Mo- yeah, most ATMs, which is obnoxious and stupid,
6: <laughs> because the little guy inside is, has to take a break. <laughs> or anything, or yeah, he has to. Um, so he, because he spends so much money at the supermarket, he could play these um like tombola games like uh do you call them tombolas in america like uh balls no. and like
1: a oh, prize draw just, oh my god what do you call that i know what you're talking about where they spin it around and stuff and yeah, there's like a ball, ball and you pull it out, out. B- like lottery bingo thing.
6: um <laughs> yeah. so he he the more money you spend the more times you can play and uh, right. uh
1: just like Shinmu. It's like you know, you, you buy like a bunch of albums from the you know, from basically the seven eleven and they're like, Draw a raffle ticket and you're like, Okay, oh cool, I won a Saga Saturn game in nineteen eighty six. That's weird. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Talk about future past. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he he won like a shit ton of uh plays. So um uh they they go up to like stages, you know, like Whatever level one is just like you get like a pack of crisps or like <laughs> and stage two you get toilet paper toilet paper and washing up liquid <laughs> or something and then like a, he he actually got one of the top prizes which was a brand new Nintendo 3DS so um, he was like do you want it and I was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, I already have a 3DS obviously but uh, I'll take another so it was a, actually a white one and uh, I've got a black one and. Uh, so since then, I've actually traded in my three DSs and uh, got an LL, a white LL. So uh, nice, very happy with that. Actually, I still have my original black one because I wanted to transfer my <clears throat> ambassador games over and stuff.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, and actually, by the end of it, I think I might have maybe three or four thousand left over. So I might get Animal Crossing or something. Cool, maybe cool, um, cool. <laughs> I'll never be able to play it, but uh, <laughs> at least I can buy it. <laughs> yeah, well, one thing was annoying though, as I was about to leave the store with my brand new LL, I realized that uh, I didn't have a power adapter in the box, <laughs> so I had to buy one of those. <laughs> totally forgot about that stupid thing. It doesn't have them in Japan. I don't know, Europe gets one or something, I don't know if I can remember. Yeah, one, me one too. Of the <laughs> got them. Anyway, so I got an LL, and I'm very happy with it, and uh, yeah. Just everything looks a lot better, (laughs) a lot clearer, Hmm. a lot easier on the eyes. uh,
5: Yeah, actually,
1: I I think on my way over to your place on the train, somebody sitting next to me had an LL and they they were playing Animal Crossing, and I was like, God, that just looks so much better. It's just so much easier to see, so much bigger. It's like, man, I just kind of want one. But
6: you know, like um, talking about how Monster Hunter resizes the menus and stuff into HD. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like you know, like on the iPad when you have a. An iPhone app on an iPad like um, yeah the, the keyboard uh, they, they do this clever thing where they you know the API for the keyboard or whatever they can like they can change it for a HD one so like if uh-huh. it's an iPhone app uh, you blow it up to two times uh, the keyboard looks very sharp mm-hmm. and you know the text input is like you know as it would be for an iPad app it's very cool uh, okay. as you would expect Nintendo don't do that <laughs> Uh, They just leave it. (laughs) So, like, all the system menus and stuff uh, are exactly as they are on the original 3DS. Okay. Uh, And the keyboard is exactly the same as it is on the 3DS. So, it's (laughs) it's blown up, but you Mm -hmm. can see it's like, you know, very pixel, like, you know, it's got the kind of compression artifacts on it. (laughs) (laughs) It basically uh, looks stretched. So, Mm -hmm. that was a bit disappointing, but. uh, Uh Yeah, everything on the 3D screen looks awesome. Yeah, I think polygons are a lot more forgiving than sprites. So, you know, polygons look mm-hmm. awesome, you can't really tell that they've been right that much. But, yeah, anything 2D sprites looks bad. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, there you go. And I, actually, <laughs> I, I didn't tell you this before, though, but uh, my LL was actually a, a used one. Um, I was going to buy a new one. Um, uh, and a. Uh, the guy said, um, actually, before you buy the new one, I we just got this uh, like used one in, and he brought it out, and he said like it was actually an unwanted uh, Christmas present that somebody huh, brought okay. in, basically what I was doing. <laughs> you know, I, I put <laughs> in, you know, untouched uh, 3DS and sold it, right? Um, yeah. And uh, so I, I opened it up, and it was, yeah, it was literally brand new. Like, I wow. looked at the, you know, there wasn't a single, like, uh, kind of hint that anyone had touched it, ever. <laughs> and uh, so I decided to take it, because it was 2,000 yen less. So I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, why not?
1: <laughs> Dude, you know what you should have done before you traded in your 3DS? The the one that you won? Oh. You should have taken the Club Nintendo thing, oh, entered in the points, Danny, Danny, and, Danny. Yeah, and then put it back in the box. Be a jerk.
6: Way ahead of you, Dan. Way ahead of oh, you. okay. You got it. Awesome. I slid that bad boy right out, entered it in, And put it back in the box (laughs) and sold it for full price. Cool. Yeah, I entered it and uh, yeah, hadn't and uh, got like points for that. And then I got my LL, which, as I said, was a "quote unquote" used one, and Mm -hmm. put in the code for that, and that worked too. So I got (laughs) two uh, 3ds uh, worth of points for that. Nice. Which is weird because I didn't get one for the my original 3ds. If you remember, way back when I. yes, (laughs) Ah oh, yes, <laughs> that you got for me yes I remember that <laughs> that, that one had been entered already but that would have been yeah, a bit like... weird having three 3DS's entered into my <laughs> but hey, uh, well Don Goodman can't really talk he's eh? <laughs> got <laughs> <laughs> about 10 yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay
1: cool well yeah that's basically kind of what uh, James and I have been doing um, well at least you know in future past. <laughs> so it was an a awesome uh, yeah.
6: day. one month ago from now.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. So by the time you listen to this, this is this new business isn't so new, but hey, whatever. Yeah. Danny's um, sold his
6: Wii U now, right?
1: <laughs> sold my Wii U. I just totally bought three PS threes with that money. No, I didn't.
6: <laughs> Got a Wii U um, X L.
1: <laughs> Wii U XL, yep. Coming out next month. Um Yeah, so I think that's actually going to do it here for new business. And we're going to, James and I are first going to start off with a new segment for Life in Japan. So, yeah, coming up next. All right, welcome to this month's Life in Japan section. Today, this week, or this month, uh, this is something I kind of wanted to do last month, but uh, just was going to take a lot of time, and I kind of wanted to enjoy my holidays a little bit. Um, (laughs) So actually, I'm joined right now, it's just right now, it's just me and, uh, again, Mr. James Charlton. Hello. Hi. And uh, what we're going to talk about is basically, you know, obviously, we live in Japan, and uh, maybe some of you out there are like thinking things like, well, you know, maybe one day I want to come and live in Japan or, you know, if I wanted to do that, what are some things that I can do? So I thought it might be interesting to, you know, kind of share with you guys what, you know, some of us, at least those of us living in Japan, what we did to come and live live here. Uh, to maybe give you some, <laughs> I guess. <laughs>
6: that sounds very suspicious. What did we do?
1: What did we here? do? Just appeared here How one day. How did we get
6: kicked out of our countries to that, end up in japan
1: that totally might have happened to some of us um <laughs> so oh, uh,
6: let me tell you a story danny yeah
1: <laughs> well I, I figured we'd start with uh james our uh fami father if you will um <laughs> i think actually james out of everyone on the family cast who's ever been on the family cast um well aside from minoru you've been in japan <laughs> the longest <laughs> yeah
6: he has been here for over 30 years. I think. Yeah,
1: it's crazy, right? I wonder when he came here. Uh, maybe when he was born. But, yeah, um, so I guess, uh, you know, when did you actually first come to Japan? And
6: It was uh, St. Patrick's Day 2004. Oh, wow. Which is uh, March the 17th, for mm-hmm. those non-alcoholics, among us. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually remember it because uh, it was actually my cousin's birthday. Mm-hmm. He was actually born as I... As a, as the airplane left the the British soil, oh wow! My little cousin was you know coming out so to speak, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a very memorable day. You know, it's very easy to remember, and I can always remember his birthday because <laughs> of St. Patrick's Day.
1: Yeah, getting drunk. No, <laughs> <laughs> on the plane. When I came to Japan. Yes, yeah, so obviously. I mean, you've been here for oh, eight. Geez, yeah, going on nine years now. Yeah, eight right? almost nine years. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, so, when you first came here, like, did you? have some kind of a job set up schooling anything like that or did you just kind of just come on a whim or like what how did it go Uh, for you
6: no yeah i already had a job uh set up because um in the uk i saw uh advertisement in the newspaper for like uh, you know work in japan Mm -hmm. uh it it didn't have any like company name attached to it it was just like do you want to work in japan And i was (laughs) like yeah <laughs> that sounds cool you know <laughs> like because i wanted I always wanted to visit japan but it's just so expensive from england right like uh, one of my friends at university he he spent like a couple of weeks out here like he rented out like a little apartment with like you know fully furnished apartment and he spent like almost his entire life savings to do jesus. that jesus <laughs> and you know he brought like he bought like a lot of cool stuff over and i was like mm-hmm. wow i want to do that but i don't want to spend my whole like life savings on that so, <laughs> yeah like, so i thought like you know working here would be a cool way of like, you know, living here for, a, you know, more than a couple of weeks. Cause right. I didn't want to just spend a week here. I wanted yeah. to spend, you know, at least like a few months mm-hmm. and like, you know, buy lots of cool stuff and go back. So when it was like, you know, work in Japan, I thought, Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I went to the interview and it turned out it was a company called Nova, which mm-hmm. uh, no longer is, exists now. Um, so yeah, went to an interview, got called back for the second interview and yeah, got the job. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, I think it was like October or something I got, I got offered the job. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I had like, you know, obviously I came in March, so I had like a, quite a few months to uh, get ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, they, it's like a, almost kind of like a conveyor belt system, you know, with that company they, they're so professional at like getting people over mm-hmm. like they give you enough time to get this sorted out. They help you with your visa mm-hmm. and uh, stuff like that. Like uh, they give you all the forms to fill out. They tell you exactly what to do. They, they set up your apartment for you. Mm-hmm. They tell you where you're going to work. Uh, they give you all the information about Japan and living in Japan and stuff like, you know, Idiot's Guide to Living in Japan kind of thing. <laughs> uh, like I remember going to a couple of seminars and, you know, they were teaching us a few basic Japanese phrases and like, you know,
1: Mini-san.
6: Yeah. <laughs> Konnichiwa. mini Reji. Uh, so, yeah, and it, you know, gives us samples of Japanese food and, like, you know, what you're going to eat over there and everything. It's a very gentle introduction to Japan. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, you know, even though I, I knew a little bit about Japan, you know, I learned a lot about Japan just in those, you know, few months leading up to me, uh, leaving the UK. Mm-hmm. So that was, it was a, it was a good experience. And, uh, I got to know a few people from, uh, like who were the same interview as me.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: And, uh, we actually flew out together as a group. So oh. like, you know, it's not just like, you know, shove you on a plane and like, off you go. It's like, you know, you go in with a bunch of guys, like maybe, I can't remember it was like 10 or 15 guys of it, like, Oh wow. All together. So obviously we can, you know, chat on the plane and, you know, everyone, Everyone's obviously in the same boat, so you know you're all a bit anxious and stuff like that. You're all sure. going to be doing the same job. Sure, sure. Uh, which was uh, teaching English, uh, by the way. <laughs> I've got <forgot laughs> to mention that bit. Nova is a was a private English uh, uh, teaching school, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I got here and uh, there's people to meet us at the airport and like you know help us get to our apartments and stuff. And the apartments were just uh, other teachers from that company, so. I was living with like um, like a British guy and an Australian guy, and uh, obviously they'd been they at that point they'd been living in Japan for quite a while, so they they could help me out and stuff. So it was like you know it was a very gentle introduction. I I didn't know any Japanese, <laughs> <laughs> like maybe a couple of phrases they tried to teach us you know at the seminar, you know but I'd already forgotten those and stuff. <laughs> but I, I had like a I think I had a Japanese for Dummies book, but mm-hmm. you know, I just didn't understand any of it. It was like you know I was totally you know fresh off the boat kind of guy (laughs) when i arrived in japan (laughs) Mm -hmm. didn't know what was going on for a lot of the time (laughs) but uh yeah the having a steady job and like you know money and like a you know a safe place to work and live you know it was very stable environment so i could like ease myself into japan and quickly Mm -hmm. uh got to love it Mm -hmm. and uh so yeah it was pretty uh very easy uh easy uh kind of uh progression of like me leaving the uk to come into japan and hmm. uh my contract was for a year so that was my original original plan to come for a year mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that didn't work out <laughs> <laughs> yeah so wow. um yeah so i'd uh the the company that uh i started to work for was nova and i stayed there with them for two years okay. and uh, uh i quit them to start a, a teaching at uh, state schools you know like uh, public schools mm-hmm. like government owned schools which was uh, uh, a lot less uh, kind of rigid schedule <laughs> yeah because um <laughs> for those of you um there are other companies similar to nova now like this uh, obviously there's the jet program mm-hmm. which uh which is like the government-sponsored program where you can come and teach in uh, government schools, or there's like other private companies like similar to EON, uh, similar to Nova. Like, was one called EON, mm-hmm. and there's like Shane, which is like a Commonwealth one. You know, you have to be Canadian or British or Australian to work <laughs> there. You know, there's lots of there's lots of choices, mm-hmm. and uh, I would recommend those if you're if you're at all interested in, in like teaching English. Uh, or if it's some, if you think it's something you could do, mm-hmm. then, uh, yeah, I would consider doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, if you, if you like it, then you can, you know, stay longer or right. if, you, if you are, if you get too homesick, you can, you know, go home after a year or whatever. Right. Right.
1: And yeah, I thought that was interesting that you said that, you know, when you first came over that you came over with like a huge group. Um, cause I, I didn't realize that, you know, companies did that. Um, my, I'll be telling my story in a little bit later, but, uh, mine, my story is completely different. <laughs> with that kind of uh stuff so i thought oh, that's pretty fascinating but, mm-hmm. yeah
6: so obviously you, danny you had a little bit of background in uh in japanese like you'd come over you would studied a bit right
1: yeah that's right
6: uh, i had studied nothing <laughs> um so yeah i would i would recommend not doing what i did <laughs> i would recommend you know learning a bit more uh because the problem was like my company was a it was a basically a foreign company it was well i think it's Japanese owned, but like you know, ninety percent of the the staff were obviously foreigners. Mm-hmm. Like by foreigners, I mean you know not Japanese. Right. <laughs> you kind of get used to saying foreigners when you're in
1: Japan.
6: <laughs> Everyone's a foreigner.
1: Yeah. can
6: okay, Yeah. Good um, jobs. We we didn't take their jobs because <laughs> Japanese people can't speak English. But uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, study study a bit more Japanese than, than what I did yeah and because uh, like if you're if you're working with uh foreigners then you're not gonna learn any Japanese like right. I went for the first two years I don't think I I learned hardly anything I I learned what I you know the the absolute basics what you need to survive you know mm-hmm. but like anything like asking for help and stuff like that I just couldn't do it mm-hmm. so it was only was when I started uh when I changed my job and I started working at the state schools that uh you know i was working with japanese people you know i needed to learn uh, more japanese and that's that's what happened so. right
1: and you know honestly i think nowadays compared to maybe back in 2004 and especially even like you know before that it's it was a hell of a lot easier i think for uh, foreign people to come and work in japan and know you know nothing mm-hmm. when it came to japanese but um especially if you're working for you know state sponsored stuff you know stuff for city governments if you're working directly for them or through some kind of a company that basically gets hired by uh local governments and stuff to te- you know to teach at public schools um it's definitely in your best interest to know some japanese because uh it's just getting a lot more competitive uh for getting jobs like that and um yeah
6: yeah i, I would highly recommend you know coming over with a company like mm-hmm. uh like what i did um just because there's so many things to set up, like at first, and you, you won't know anything, and you just can't read about all this stuff. It's just it's just too much to know and to learn. Yeah. Uh, to if you have no experience about uh, living in Japan, yeah, it's just I mean, just like you know, setting up a bank account, you know, things like that. You think it will be simple, but everything is more difficult as a foreigner uh, in Japan. Like you can't just walk in and say set me up an account you know you have to have sponsors you have to have a permanent address you have to have a company you have to have you know somebody telling you that uh telling the the bank or whatever you're trying to get a mobile phone
5: yeah I mean, you,
6: you you have to prove that you're not going to run away and leave leave japan after a week and even
1: prepaid phones you have to have like identification and all sorts of other crazy stuff like in america any idiot can just go to walmart and just get a prepaid phone and then like blow up a building or something (laughs) you know but
6: yeah you can rent phones like you know foreigners can rent phones like in the airport and places like that but they could be quite expensive you can't do that for a year (laughs) (laughs) yeah unless (laughs) you load it last for a few days on that those prices But um, yeah, just basically just this fear that foreigners are going to leave Japan and um, leave behind them debts and uh, other expenses that will never get paid off. So, like you know, for example, for a mobile phone, if you have a two-year contract for a phone, but you only stay here for a year, I mean, who's going to pay for the handset? Who's going to pay for that you know year's worth of billing? You know, that's what petrified of happening
1: so and that i'm sure it's happened quite a bit that's why you know i
6: I knew people even back then that uh got you know you know lots of expensive equipment on a two-year contract but they only intended on living here for a year so (laughs) it does happen (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: yeah and like you said too i mean it's really tough just getting started out especially moving here not knowing anything like Mm When I first moved here myself, um, it was the first time I ever lived away from home, ever. So, and when I, when I yeah. first started working, I you know I when I first came, like I said, I'll talk about this a little bit. But I was a student, so I mean that was a little bit different. The school can help me out. But second, you know, when I was started working, uh, I had my company was helping me out, and thank God that the, that was a really good company and they really helped me out. They helped me get set up with you know my apartment, visas, stuff like that, all the crap that you need to use and you need to live here in japan but i mean still i had like little snafus like i guess i was supposed to call my power company and stuff like that (laughs) when i moved to my apartment so i let them know like hey i'm living here please keep my power on because one day i came home from work and my power was off and i was like what the hell and i had like a note in my door and i couldn't read it and it was just like oh my god what is happening (laughs) you know so i mean stuff like that it's i
6: mean it's Things like that. I mean, it's going to take you years yeah. to be able to get to the level of being able to understand yeah. uh, complicated things like that. So yeah. there's no way in hell you're going to be able to do that in a, a year. <laughs> <So> <laughs> you need help. If you intend on staying here just for a short while, then uh, you need a, you need a good company or you just need a lot of help or you need you need to have a good friend who lives here or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I, I, I wouldn't recommend coming here without a job, like coming yeah. here and trying to find a job while you're here you might find yourself painting yourself into a corner and having to take a job that you don't really like or right. in a place you don't really like or something like that mm-hmm. like um I have a, I had a friend who did that like um actually he moved here before me uh he's still living here actually but um he wanted to live near Tokyo and uh you know beanie akihabara you know like we all do. <laughs> um but he just couldn't find a job and he ended up having to move like way out into countryside and mm-hmm. uh you know he, he had it that was the only way he could you know live there otherwise he would have had to have flown back you mm. know in a few days so it's like okay i got to take this job otherwise i'm gonna to have to leave japan yeah uh so that's what he had to do so um yeah. that's, uh, one bad thing that could happen yeah. if you
1: do that. And shoot, even with that too. I mean, if you come into Japan and you're not on some kind of like a working visa, I mean, you're on a tourist visa and you only have that for I don't know 90 days I think it is, and a lot of companies nowadays, at least they want, if you're in Japan and they, they basically expect you to have the proper visa, otherwise they're not going to hire you. Because sometimes you know it's going to take a lot of their time and maybe money or whatever to you know drag their asses out to the immigration office with you, get stuff figured out. So I mean, sometimes they won't even bother if you just come on a tourist visa and you're trying to get a job. Sometimes they won't even yeah. bother.
6: Your your company basically becomes your mom and dad. It's <laughs>
1: like
6: you know, when you're a kid, if you break a window or you smash a car headlight, <laughs> then your dad has to pay, and he's going to you know scream at you until you pay off using your pocket money right right so it's the same (laughs) thing in japan you know your company becomes your your dad Mm -hmm. so if you screw up you do something wrong you know your company has to take the the fall so your company is going to make sure that you know (laughs) you're trustworthy and that uh you know everything like that so (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's how it works yeah yeah I mean, these th- th- those kind of things will never end. I mean, even now, I've been here for almost nine years, and you know, I can't, I can't like uh, get a mortgage, or you know, yeah. even like getting a credit card is difficult.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I still need the
6: help of my like my father-in-law for like certain things. You know, mm-hmm. it's it never it never gets fully easy yeah. in Japan yeah. as a foreigner. You know,
1: definitely gets easier but not completely (laughs) to the point where you're 100% self-sufficient, maybe 98% it could be or something, but there's always something maybe that you might have a little bit of trouble with
6: You may understand the words, but you might never understand why things uh, things happen
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, that's for sure So one other uh, very important question I had for you, James Um, So when you first came here what did you buy, gaming-wise? Ah
6: they had a, they asked that question on the uh, Red Sun Gamer podcast. I'm right?
1: stealing from them. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I thought that was a great idea to steal, too. Great minds think alike. <laughs> so um, uh, I think I might have mentioned this on a previous fancast, but um, the Panasonic Q Ooh. was uh, my first major purchase. Uh, it wasn't like – I can't remember if it was like the first month. I didn't really have much money the first month mm-hmm. I was here. I think it was maybe the second or third month I was here. uh my first trip to Akihabara mm-hmm. I found uh this you know perfect condition Panasonic Q and this was just something that I just dreamt I I, I just <laughs> only ever seen pictures of yep you and me uh, both brother <laughs> and when I saw the real thing and it was like in its box and everything and I opened the box and it's like had the manuals and like everything in it I was just like holy shit because at that, at that point it wasn't new <laughs> like the the GameCube, like 2004? Like. Yeah, I
1: think that, the Panasonic Q came out maybe in 2003 at some point. Um, okay. Maybe 2002, I really don't remember. But it was pretty early in the GameCube life cycle when it came out, you know.
6: Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a late one. No. Um, so, yeah, I just had to have it. It was 25,000 yen.
1: Okay, cool. Uh,
6: which was uh, maybe... I think it was like maybe thirty or thirty-five when it first came out.
1: Yeah, so it, it was, it was like, expensive.
6: Yeah, it was like maybe five or ten thousand yen off the uh, the price, but it was in perfect condition, mm-hmm. and I I sold it qu- only quite recently actually. I think it was actually this year.
1: Yeah, you were talking uh, about on the on one of the past episodes.
6: Yeah, um, I sold it to a guy here in Japan, and, uh we met up in Akihabara, and he just uh, yeah took it off my hands for. I think i sold it for like eight thousand, or something. oh man <laughs> so yeah fraction of the cost but um the it was i could have i had a feeling that like the drive was going to go any any minute now so mm-hmm. i was just like i got to sell it now while it still works yeah i can't sell it with a broken disk drive because um oh uh, danny you've got one of my broken game yes games. <laughs> <laughs> that's the disk drive is a bit dodgy on that one uh, danny somehow wanted my Broken game Add to my
1: collection, my cube pile. Yeah. I Seriously, I have like five game cubes, maybe six, I don't remember. <laughs>
6: a chair made out of them.
1: <laughs> Not yet, getting there. Actually, man, yeah, actually, you know, speaking of uh, disk drives and crap like that going out in the queue, something was wrong with mine, because uh, I found mine a couple years ago, and the disk. Um, what do you call it? the disc tray mm-hmm. it just got to the point where it just didn't come out anymore <laughs> and then it just broke because i, sh- I had, at one point i moved shit. back to america from japan and i shipped it back home and it got shaken all to hell in the box oh, and uh the th- like the disc tray was like pushed into the system a little bit and i was horrified when i saw that oh, but um man, that one of my buddies back home he's really good with electronics so he fixed it for me um but still yeah it's a horrifying <laughs> thing to see
6: it's a beautiful uh piece of equipment like, definitely just just looking at it like the polished mirror front mm-hmm. is so good yeah know? but it is very much a dvd player and the gamecube it's, yeah. not a, it's not a dvd playing gamecube yeah exactly <laughs> you, you really have to like you really realize that when you get it it's like it's it's you know it switches off and then switches on again yeah. to be a dvd player it, it's <laughs> like it's totally not like separated. a it's
1: not like a ps2 or something where it's like oh this is a dvd here you go no it has to go into like dvd mode basically yeah so
6: yeah, at least they fixed that for the Wii, right, with the GameCube mode. But oh, no, <laughs> well, at least they fixed that for the Wii U with the Wii mode.
1: Oh. oh no, they didn't.
6: <laughs> well, at least they fixed that for the 3DS with the DS oh I could go on. We could go on and on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was yeah, that was a very memorable purchase. Uh, I think I got like. Um, I think maybe Twin Snakes around about that time. Oh, cool.
1: Yeah, that's about the time uh, it came out. Yeah,
6: 2004. The um, <clears throat> the box art was just so good. Mm-hmm. It was just like a work of art. Because I, uh, I actually already had a GameCube at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually have a Jap- Japanese-American modded GameCube. That's the one I gave to you, Danny. That's yep. the, uh, the broken one. It's got Switch on the back.
1: It's in my closet sitting there. <laughs>
6: yeah, so I already had a bunch of uh, Japanese games, mm-hmm. uh, including Smash Brothers. Cause that came out way before every other region and, uh, just being able to like, you know, buy all these, like, you know, awesome Japanese GameCube games for like, you know, reasonable prices, you know, cause I was importing these to the UK, right. At mm-hmm. the time. So it was like <laughs> crazy expensive. So, uh, yeah, that was good times. Very mm, good memories of those, uh, you know, first couple of years in Japan.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Mm-hmm. Cool. Um. And then uh, the reason why I'm here after nine years is that uh, at the end of my two years with Nova, when I intended on going back to the UK, I, uh, I met my wife. <laughs> so yeah, that uh, kind of uh, made me want to stay a bit longer.
1: <laughs> I, I don't understand. <laughs>
6: <laughs> well, she wasn't my wife when I met her. Oh, okay. I thought she was your so wife. It was a couple of years after that. Okay. <laughs> I was a little confused.
1: I was like, that's weird. <laughs>
6: So yeah, that's another warning guys you know uh if you is it a warning i don't know a warning or like a, a reason to come I
1: don't
6: know. <laughs> <laughs> no uh yeah <laughs>
1: yeah i, I will so. tell ta- i will say this i mean if you <laughs> out there if you have absolutely no luck with women in whatever country you're in don't just well, automatically think just because you come to japan <laughs> it's going to be completely different because you're a, you know a sparkling butterfly and a you know whatever you're so unique it's not i mean if you're strange at home you're probably gonna be strange here and i mean <laughs> you know honestly and that that's fine <laughs> if you want to be like that i kind of do sometimes yeah, but i mean it is, it is a good uh <laughs> it's a stereotypical
6: thing that you know misconception isn't it a yeah. very big misconception lots of people have uh i think from watching too much anime <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> So I don't know if 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 you're coming with hopes of wooing plenty of Japanese women, you know, you you can. But... I was
6: I was completely the opposite, dude. I was like, uh, I, I'm never gonna get a Japanese <laughs> girlfriend. I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> so that's uh, weird how things work. Oh, right? Seriously,
1: I just came. I was just so excited to go to like game stores and stuff. I mean, that's how yeah. cool I am. <laughs> games
6: were games were my first priority too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So, Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's how I got here, and that's uh, why I'm still here.
1: Cool, cool, cool. All right, well, James, you know, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate you sharing that. But
6: uh, I'm looking forward to listening to the other guys. Yeah, yeah.
1: Unfortunately, right now, James, James has to go, but we're gonna uh, continue on with the other guys here in just a couple of seconds. So, again, James, thanks a lot, man.
6: Okay, thanks for having me. All right. See you
1: later. See ya. All right, we're back, and like I just said, James had to step out. But now, fast forward to basically a week later, and I'm joined uh, again by Ty from the future. Actually, this is greetings from the past to the future. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so Ty's here to talk talk with us about this too. And also with us today too is Matt Walker.
3: Hey guys, what's up, man? Hola mucho. How you doing?
1: doing good sorry to pull you away from uh your beautiful wife but you're here with beautiful danny Bivens and beautiful ty
3: excellent hey man that's double the beauty there <laughs> i'm yeah, the were...
1: prettiest girl on the internet he is he really is yeah, um quite an accomplishment <laughs> and uh so we're going to kind of continue our talk here about uh you know why we came to japan and uh what maybe steps that you could take to come to japan if that's something that you had thought about doing and i thought first, we're going to start out with Tai. So, uh, Tai, you yes. know, when did you first come to Japan? The first time I came to Japan was during the summer
4: of 2005. Mm-hmm. When, uh, it was like just a tourist slash homestay kind of thing. I stayed out in the middle of nowhere for two months. <laughs> what prefecture were you in? I was in Guma Prefecture. Oh, Guma, okay. Uh, famous for its rice fields, <laughs> being in the middle of nowhere. And also street racing.
1: <laughs> Got to do something up there to, you know, keep you from being bored, right?
4: But, yeah, like, if you've ever uh, seen the show Initial D, that's,
1: that, that shit is a
4: documentary.
1: <laughs> right? I, Anime is real. I haven't seen it. Maybe I should watch this. <laughs>
4: yeah, so I'd hear these kids just driving around all night in their Supras and their Skylines and their RX-7s and whatnot like eight-year-old kids
1: no (laughs) at least i hope not maybe (laughs) maybe cool cool well how long were you up in gunma uh two months two months okay cool cool cool
4: during the hottest part of the summer oh jesus yeah that part (laughs) is not
1: advisable but other than that i had a lot of fun cool cool and i mean now obviously you're living in japan it's 2013 now Yeah. <laughs> did from 2005 up until now did you have any other uh, chances to come and visit or well yes, obviously i was a, <laughs> obviously. a foreign
4: exchange student for a year okay from uh 2006
1: 2007 okay okay yeah cool well, where did you actually study at if you don't mind divulging this private information i was <laughs> in tokyo actually Oh uh, okay cool nice yeah at an
4: almost prestigious university. Uh, almost? <laughs> no, no, it was pretty good. It was pretty good.
5: <laughs> okay, cool.
4: Yeah, and I had a great time. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. Um, and it was not mind-bogglingly expensive or anything. Like, I just paid my normal tuition to my home university. Okay. And like, my apartment utilities and stuff were subsidized, like down to like three hundred bucks a month or so. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah, so if you're looking at being a foreign exchange student, I would highly recommend it.
1: Yeah, I I would too. Um, I'm going to talk about my experience as a foreign exchange student a little bit later. But yeah, definitely. That's definitely one kind of easy way to you know come to japan if your university has some kind of a program and you know like ty said sometimes even they have it set up where you're not paying the university in japan you're paying the one you know that you go to in america which is nice and then you know subsidized living is also pretty nice too
4: yeah i mean your mileage may vary with your home university like uh, my home university in the states has uh, a very close relationship with lots of things japanese so it, it was kind of good fortune on my part there.
3: Okay, cool. Uh, which university was that in the stage?
4: University of Montana. Okay, Ooh. hey.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like uh, the
4: uh, – there was a, a fellow, Mr. Mansfield, that was um, a diplomat to Japan for, like, years and years and years. And he was formerly, like, a student and professor at University of Montana.
5: Hmm.
4: He's kind, cool. kind of a big deal. Like half the buildings there are named after him. So <laughs> wouldn't that get confusing going to classes? You're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that was just the second time I went to Japan. Now I'm on my third time and I'm working at a job. <laughs> Jobs. Yes. Okay,
3: so so the second time you were here then, uh, it was you said it sounded like it was for about a year. So how long have you been here for this third time then?
4: um let's see since march so like 10 months ish
1: okay before you came to japan like in i guess 2005 and also when you were studying uh did you study japanese before you came or yes i did Mm Hmm. okay
4: uh yeah i was kind of like uh where was i the first time i i think i had like i don't know three years of japanese Mm -hmm. kind of spread out like i could get by in my daily conversation, maybe. No, I could do basic interactions. <laughs> okay. But okay. by the end of my foreign exchange year, um, I was feeling a lot better about it. Good. You got to be careful, though, if you're a student. It's really easy to yeah. kind of fall back into the safe zone of just hanging out with the other foreign exchange students. Yes. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So watch out for that. Go and try to interact with some Japanese people. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's... It's a balance, isn't it? I mean, I, I, ultimately, you definitely want to, you know, try and use as much Japanese when you're studying here as possible. But on the other hand, you know, especially if if you're someone like, uh, for instance, I had never before I had uh, went to Ken to study. Um, I had never really been away from home, really been away from kind of my friends in uh, in Michigan, at least. Um, so what ended up happening was, you know, for a, at least a lot of people, you could see that, you know, they, they really needed that kind of, you know, support group of, of you know, like-minded people uh, mm-hmm. or else, you know, the culture shock and whatnot. Uh, and and usually uh, when you come and study in Japan, if you're studying Japanese, chances are you're studying in a pretty intensive program. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that the, the pressure from that can get to you as well.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when I was uh, a foreign exchange student, I was definitely not in an intensive program of any sort. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you, you've heard that Japanese schools are, like, way intense, like, you know, middle school, uh, high school. It's all study, 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 and taking entrance exams and that sort of thing. But, you know, university life seemed, like, really easy to me. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but...
1: I've heard that as I've heard it like explained, like, you know, hey, everyone's been basically working their butts off for, you know, the past, you know, six years up until, you know, from junior high and high school, they have to worry about, oh, man, like even from junior high, like, oh, I got to take all these tests. I got to get into this great high school, stuff like that. And then that university is a time basically where they could relax before they work for a company for the rest of their lives or something yeah
4: several japanese people told me the exact same thing it's it's like the one time in your life where you get a a nice break Mm
3: -hmm. exactly yeah basically the way it works is that you you get into college and and of course taking the exams to get into college is you know bloody you know hard right it's incredibly difficult and you have to study your butt off but then once you get in doesn't matter where you go uh from what i understand is basically the same thing that you get in there and i mean Basically, if you show up for class, then you get an A. Like you don't really have to, you know, work hard at all. It's it's completely different from you know what we're used to in the states, isn't it? Right, right. Yeah, that
4: was my experience. It's pretty much, you know, like a year long vacation. There's like you you can get into like an advanced class if you want and like actually
1: do some studying, but you don't have to. Whatever. Cool. So, I mean, now you're in Japan and you're working in Japan. So, how did you find your job? Did you find it like before you came? Did you did you come and just look for a job, or like how did that work out for you? Um,
4: I I work for an unnamed but well known uh, English teacher company that contracts to the government and puts me in a public school. Mm -hmm. And so I teach English in a public school. Okay. That's about it.
1: <laughs> did you did you find it before you came to Japan?
4: Um, I knew about it from uh, some other friends that have gone through the program. I did some research. This one was the uh, the the most well recommended company as far as I could tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I applied and I got the job, and yeah. So now I'm in a small town in Japan that will
1: remain unnamed until I name it. <laughs> Just kidding. Where am I?
3: Uh, can we at least find out, are you are you in Kansai or Kanto or somewhere completely different?
4: I, I can tell you I'm in uh, Ibaraki Prefecture. Okay. Yeah. A couple hours out from Tokyo.
1: Of a picture of Ty's apartment in the enhanced version, and an address listed too. So if you want to visit him, go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe.
3: <laughs> so how's so how's that job working out for you then? Are you enjoying uh, teaching English there?
4: Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's uh, pretty good. Hmm, how to describe it, really? I actually have a lot of gold breaking time. Where I just sit at my desk doing nothing. (laughs) That's just some days, though. Other days, like, I'll work, like, the entire day, Mm -hmm. like, a little before 8 till Mm
5: -hmm.
1: 4.30, where where I'm doing stuff the whole time. It, It just depends, like, what kind of day, what kind of week. Sure, and, uh, I mean, I basically do the same type of job that Ty does, and, uh, yeah, some days are really slow and really easy, so having, you know, English teaching jobs in Japan, especially working uh, at public schools, can be pretty easy, and, um, but, I mean, then again, then again, there are some times when you're actually, like, really busy, you have a lot of classes you got to go to, and uh, stuff like that, so. Yeah, and especially, like, if
4: you're uh, participating in any of the students' club activities, mm-hmm. like, In uh, middle school, it's more or less mandatory to be in a club, so if you get involved in that, you're going to be in for a world of pain.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, doing
4: stuff on weekends and vacations,
1: Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, and I mean, like the Japanese teachers at, you know, these public schools, I mean, they're... Typically they're working pretty hard, they're working almost like every day, especially No, their
4: hours are crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it, it depends on the teacher too, because what I've what somebody's told me before is that the teachers that are involved with uh club activities and stuff like that after school, that's basically how they get their bonus, is being involved in club activities. If they don't do it, mm-hmm. then they can't get bonuses. Um some schools may might have too many teachers, you know, to have people filling like, you know, uh have you know, enough, uh, I guess people in charge of a club. So sometimes like teachers double up, you have two soccer coaches or, you know, something like that. But, um, yeah, typically, I guess it's in their best interest to, uh, do that. And even come in on the weekends, holidays, as long as it's not like a crazy holiday where everyone's like, you know, with their families or something. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, even, even during summer break, I mean, teachers are still going to school. They even have sometimes somebody that has to be at school just to answer the phone or, just to make sure, you know, I don't know, get mail or something, you know, if stuff right. comes by. Uh, Yeah, I, I've noticed. i noticed, maybe
4: somebody else can confirm or deny this, but like, <laughs> it kind of seems like in the, the Japanese work culture, like, a big chunk of pay is very discretionary. Hmm. Like, you've got to work and get that bonus, because it, it might be described as a regular part of your pay, but, like, if they think you're slacking off or whatever, you won't get paid as much, even if you're working the same hours. Hmm. Have you guys noticed anything like that? Because I kind of
1: think my company works like that. I, I haven't, uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Matt, what about you, yeah, man?
3: Yeah. I, I've yeah, I've never noticed anything like that at all. I mean, so much of you know the, the Japanese work culture that I've seen. So much of it is, is basically, you know, as long as you have ha- ashes in the seats, regardless <laughs> of whether or not they're working hard or not, they get paid. Um, and and so much of it is kind of based on seniority as well. Mm-hmm. So that's it, it'd be interesting to, you know, meet some people that, you know, have actually been able to work the way that you're describing.
4: Hmm. Hmm, yeah, maybe it's just my company then. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But you, yeah, that, that part's also true. As far as I can tell about Japanese business culture, you, you just, uh, you're not expected to work hard so much as be there for ridiculous hours. <laughs> right. Right.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, so I guess one last question I had for you, um, you know, we're, we're all gamers here and we all love games. And, yes. uh, so I know I was super excited to come to Japan when I first came here because I wanted to buy all sorts of crazy shit. And I did. Uh, So what was the first thing, like, gaming-related that you bought? Like, maybe either the first time you came to Japan or maybe, like, at least one of the coolest things that you found here. Um, let me think. The PS2 was still kind of big at the
4: time I was here, the first time. Mm -hmm. I think the first thing I bought was, like, a a bunch of music games you couldn't get in the States, like uh, Beat Mania, Mm -hmm. um... Para Paradise mm-hmm. with the controller <laughs> and uh, the third Bust-A-Move game. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I might have already had that. I don't remember. I do remember finding multiple copies at uh, a game shop by my place mm-hmm. and then, like, flipping them on eBay when I got back home for, like, a 300% profit. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Right? But, but, it, but if you ever see that game, uh, Bust-A-Move Dance Summit for PS2. Uh-huh. That that game is really fun and it supports four players. Wow! So like, if you like, I guess in the U.S. it was called Bust a Groove. Okay. Right, right. right. So, yeah. so yeah, you've seen the. It's just kind of a, a versus dance kind of game. You just play yeah. with a regular controller. Mm-hmm. I guess you could use a dance pad if you really wanted.
1: <laughs> All for laziness here.
4: <laughs> but yeah, you you play it four players and that is amazingly fun sounds pretty crazy <laughs> very <laughs> yeah. cool
3: i played the hell out of buster groove 1 and 2 back in the states i didn't even realize there was one on ps2 that's pretty cool
4: yeah check it out you could probably get it for like 10 bucks <laughs> yeah well in japan anyway <laughs>
1: <laughs> cool cool so, yeah all right well um i guess we're going to move on to matt next so yeah when was the first time that you came to japan matt
3: so I first came to Japan back in I think it was about 2004. Um, mm-hmm. I had taken a an intensive Japanese course, my fourth year of Japanese, mm-hmm. uh, in Shiga Prefecture at this place called the Japan Center for Michigan Universities. Mm-hmm. So uh, I came just for two months, and while I was while I was here, I ended up uh, homestaying with a really nice old couple. Uh, mm-hmm. They're really good good to me, and just got a chance to just do a lot of studying and kind of you know finding out what you know, what it's like to really be in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I end, ended up actually not really using my Japanese a whole lot at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I could get by just fine. And um, since I was in fourth year, I, you know, I was probably, I was, you know, in, in the group of students who, you know, could probably get by in Japanese, uh, you know, the best out of, you know, years one, two, three, and four. Mm-hmm, of course. Yeah. Um, and, and, but I still ended up. Really hanging out with kind of Americans the most uh, mm-hmm. during that time. It was still quite enjoyable, but yeah, I hadn't really come out of my shell at that point, unfortunately. Sure, sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. It is kind of a hard thing to do too. It's learning a new language, even if you've studied it for you know X amount of years, um, coming to the country, and then like you said, like you said before, even sometimes like being with like-minded people, people that you know they're going to understand 100% of everything that you say. It's kind of like a good safety net to an extent. You know, it can be a good thing. Obviously, if that's all you do, you're not really going to progress a whole lot with the language. But it is good to have that, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It definitely helps you out if, you know, uh, at least from an emotional standpoint, which is pretty important when you're, you know, coming (laughs) to, you know, any kind of unknown country all by yourself. Right. Yeah. But then after that, uh, so I, I, I came back after the two months was up and I, I finished, took another, uh, let's see here, actually just one more semester of school, I mm-hmm. think, um, unless I, I went in 2003, which is also a possibility, <laughs> in which case, <laughs> another another year and a half. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, and so by December 2004, I had taken all my classes and graduated from Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And then uh, basically got out and of school and thought, well, even though I double majored in programming and Japanese, I should probably get a job where I speak Japanese all day mm-hmm. so that uh, I can get better at Japanese. And with the ultimate goal that hopefully I can use that to somehow transfer out to Japan. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I ended up doing. I ended up working for uh, a company that... a fuel injection system and carburetor company hmm. in chicago that the in the office there was no there were no american people so uh it was all japanese people so i got to go there and basically just use japanese at work all day oh know, cool all my emails and meetings and conversations, everything was in japanese
4: wow, wow. that sounds yeah, really cool actually
3: yeah, it was great. I mean, you know, obviously it was. There, there were certain stressful aspects to it. I mean, you know, having gone to college, for instance, you know, in the states, you know, I I was used to, you know, for instance, writing reports a certain way. And I ended up, you know, because I, I just wanted to get a job speaking in speaking Japanese. I ended up becoming a fuel injection engineer. So even though <laughs> I wasn't, you know, I, I was originally a programmer. Uh, suddenly, I'm doing this other engineering stuff that you know I took engineering classes in school and could understand it and everything. But you know, my passion was programming. Um. Uh, and still, you know, learning, for instance, that, you know, there's v- – the way that you write reports in, in Japanese industry is very different from the way we would write them. Uh, for instance, you know, I think at an American company, um, they, they were uh, – the, the way that, you know, or even essays for that matter, you know, uh, I think – they tend to write essays or reports quite differently, so you know there was a little bit of stress from you know having learned that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, it was really really great for me to be able to you know basically have this experience where I get to where I'm just even though I'm in America, I'm still isolated to using Japanese, you know, only Japanese at work all day, which uh, was was really nice and I think really beneficial for me. So I ended up working at that company until 2007 and then, in, well, so I worked in that office until January 2007 and then I transferred out for the, with the same company to, uh, Kanagawa prefecture, Odawara was the name of the, the, uh, place. It was this nice little, uh, town that's kind of known for, you know, being a hot spring town or, you know, a town that you go to and you say it like a, a yokan, which is like a kind of Japanese style, uh, hotel for instance, or like a bed and breakfast, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I came out there from in 2007, and so then for two years, then I lived in Ottawa, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, I worked at this company, this Japanese company again, as the only foreigner there uh, as the you know American uh, fuel injection engineer. Only this time, uh, I was actually in the electronics group. Even I was still actually working with fuel injection systems. Only this time, I was actually calibrating the systems. Hmm. Uh, so calibrating them using software to calibrate, you know, how much fuel is injected into the engine, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, and, you know, as the only American. So, again, I got to use use lots and lots of Japanese. And uh, whenever we would, you know, have, like, one of our customers from the States over, for instance, uh, I would get to interpret for that. So that was a lot of fun, hmm. that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, really enjoyed living in Ottawa for those two years. It was a, it was a nice time for me. Again, only by that time, then uh, I was kind of used to being uh, kind of this 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 lone gypsy. So uh, <laughs> I I didn't have like any any kind of American friends or any any of that kind of support structure hmm. um, in Ottawa. So yeah, is that able where
4: to- your uh, nickname came from? That that's is, exactly,
3: exactly, yes, that's exactly why I call myself Gypsy Otoko. Wow, the more you <laughs> that's know. Because way back then, yeah, I was I was kind of a gypsy that I was, I, I was kind of, a you know, this lone wolf that, and I was just constantly moving. I was always moving different places after college, you know, moving to Chicago and moving to different places in Chicago and then moving to Japan and uh, eventually moving to different places in Japan as well. So, and I was also really into uh, this just gypsy punk band called um, Gogol Bordello. <laughs> which I'm sure you guys have never heard of, but uh, just a fabulous band. So that's why I decided I'd call myself Gypsy Otoko. <laughs>
4: <laughs> cool.
3: That's just cool as heck. An <laughs> I'm
4: definitely like, gonna look for that band on YouTube. <laughs> oh, you yeah, have to.
3: Golgol Bordell is an excellent band. And, and while we're talking about Japan and, and punk music, let me just uh, go on a little uh side thing here that uh when I was in so when I was studying in uh, Shiga Prefecture then uh, I went to the CD store thinking, all right, I'm going to get some Japanese music and that's going to help me learn and it's going to be great. And, and I, you know, tend to like punk music. So I go into the punk section and kind of the, the big, the big, you know, recommended CD was uh, from this band called Gagaga Ga Ga SP.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And
3: Gagaga Ga Ga SP is just an awesome very japanese it's it's got a jet it's a punk band that's got this great japanese sound to it but it, it's it's honest to god punk it's not like you know you know pop punk or like you know uh i don 't know fallout boy or whatever <laughs> emo music it's it's real you know honest to god punk and it's just it's awesome music so if, if you're interested in uh listening to some japanese music and if you like punk at all i highly recommend gaga Ga Ga sp that band is just excellent great right on
1: cool. i cool. might even try yeah. to find some and throw it in after like we're done with this segment so some of the listeners can uh check it I'll, out i'll, yes. I'll point you in the direction
3: of, of a couple different uh of my favorite songs and hopefully yeah you can use something that'd be great cool. so um and then, so I, I lived in Onabara for two years. Uh, and be, and as you guys probably know, uh, Danny in particular, because, you know, I know that, you know, you live out in Saitama,
5: mm-hmm.
3: that, you know, when you're living out in that area, kind of close to Tokyo but not in Tokyo, what you end up doing is, you know, during the week, you know, weekdays, you'll be out, you know, working and doing your normal thing. But then on the weekends, it's like, well, I got to get into Tokyo. <laughs> so that's uh, what I would end up doing back then. I would, you know as uh, soon as Friday night rolls around I would take the train out to Tokyo hang out uh, in Tokyo and eventually I found some people um, just a nice nice group of again expats uh, some people that I went to school with for instance uh, in college mm-hmm. uh, that we just we really formed a really close bond you know uh, being out there so uh, I would go and stay at you know my friends places over the weekend um, you know we would just stay out all night and you know go back to their place and, and sleep and then you know hang out the rest of the weekend until Sunday night rolls around uh, and then, you know, go back out to Ottawa and, you know, again, work for my, my five days before the next weekend.
4: <laughs> I don't even live that close to Tokyo and that's what I do. <laughs> exactly, Yo,
3: it's the place to be. It really is. It really is. It's something else, isn't it? When, like, for instance, when you first get to Japan and, like, the first time you come out and you you go to Shibuya, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, the really, really big, you know, popular area for, for people, young people especially, it's a... Uh, kind of that area that, that the world ends with you is kind of based on, right? Yeah, yeah. Getting out there and just seeing all the lights and the TV screens and all the people and all the bars, wow.
1: Yeah, it, it is really incredible. I mean, being from central Illinois, and, I mean, yeah, sometimes I went to Chicago, but not even that many, like okay. a handful of times. And just being so close to such a big city and just a place where there's just so freaking much to do is amazing.
3: really is. and And there's something for everybody, isn't there? I mean mm-hmm. – especially like you know if 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 you're like an artsy type or anything there's all kinds of great like museums museums and whatnot but i mean you know especially if you're just a young kid that just wants to party i mean there are there are bars and clubs and uh and it's even better for dorks like us right because <laughs> there's there's you know the fam- Famicom bars that you can mm-hmm. go to there's the game bars there's uh you know all all just kinds of game stores and anime stores galore right just mm-hmm. so much to keep you occupied and entertained it's incredible.
1: You know, speaking of game bars, I found this really awesome one in Akihabara. It's called uh Game Bar A Button, I think is what it's called. Um have you ever you guys ever been there or heard of that? No. Tell us all about it, especially <laughs> where I can find it. Uh well it's really hard to find. Um and I think like the last time I went, I even had like a G- – maybe I didn't have a GPS thing. It was just freaking hard, but Somewhere hidden in Akihabara, but uh, it's really awesome. I mean, it's a really, like, small kind of bar, uh, maybe probably only seating for, like, maybe 10 to 12 people at the bar, and then they have a table, like, at the back. And um, okay. But the place is just littered with game consoles, and, like, there's a couple of different TVs, and if you want to play something, you just be like, hey, man, just talk to the, you know, the bartenders, be like, hey, dude, I want to play this. And he's like, okay. And uh, he has tons and tons of systems. Like, I I remember when I, I went there, last time I went there was actually like freaking two and a half years ago, but um, he had a 64DD. And I was like, dude, do you have any games? He's like, no. I was like, can I just see it? He's like, okay. <laughs> I like it. So he just brought it out. I mean, they have crazy stuff. They had like a developer Dreamcast. They had some kind of a system that was, it played, I believe, uh, Master System games and then TurboGrafx-16 games as well. Ooh, delicious it, it, i mean it was just yeah it was very delicious <laughs> it, it's just a crazy place really cool and um the, the guy the owner of the place he's really nice too so it's was, it was really cool just getting to go there and you know chat with him i think we even talked to see, i guess the guy used to work for sega in some capacity and he was just talking about all sorts of crap with him it, it was it was incredible but any anywho <laughs> I'm definitely going to check that place out. It's called A-Button? I think Game Bar A-Button. If you just do like a Google search, uh, you should be able to get something. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm probably going next week. <laughs>
4: just saying.
3: Definitely check that out. I, I know I've been to in Shibuya, for instance. There was There's a place called uh, Famicom Bar mm-hmm. uh, that is kind of similar. Um uh, only I believe that place has a cover charge, uh, so you actually pay X number of dollars to, you know, go there and you know be able to just play kind of any game you want that they have for a certain amount of time. Uh, there's also a bar called Muteki Mario mm-hmm. that's out in I believe Shinjuku, that uh, is another bar like that. Only they have a lot more of like kind of like video game memorabilia strewn about. Uh, and and although you I know you guys are out in Kanto. Uh, over here in Osaka, for instance, there's a there's a really great bar called Space Station Osaka. That's very similar to what you're talking about. Actually, they actually have they have a whole bunch of TVs. They have I don't know maybe three or four TVs, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they have a giant projector as well that you know you can hook up you know any any kind of game system to. Uh, wow. And play kind of whatever you know they have there. It's really awesome. They also have a separate room. That you can uh, check out as well, but I've never been in that room. So, hmm. yeah, Space Station Osaka. If you ever get a chance to come out, come out here. Cool, cool.
1: cool.
4: Is yeah.
3: that a VIP room?
4: <laughs> you know, maybe.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Where they I bring never, out their really bothered.
4: dirty game consoles, <laughs>
1: <laughs> all the bad
4: That's games a good
3: question. <laughs> for the bad kids. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, and, uh, so until about 2009 then, I worked out there, and then in 2009, uh, I ended up coming back to the States because my dad was sick, but uh, I really wanted to keep going and trying to like my, my with, achieve my ultimate goal of getting in the game industry in Japan, so after about three months back in March of 2009 then, I ended up coming back to Japan, mm-hmm. and uh, I started studying uh, iPhone, iOS programming at that point uh, because I decided that... Uh, I had just gotten my first Mac back uh, just before that, and I had gotten iPod Touch the year before that, and I was totally in love with that, and I thought, man, it'd be really cool if I could, you know, make apps for the iPod Touch and iPhone, so Mm -hmm. I ended up uh, just taking about a month just to study. Uh, I just, at the time, they had just started putting out the Stanford uh, iOS programming courses Mm -hmm. on iTunes, on uh, iTunes U, so... Just sat there, and every day uh, I just do the read, watch the classes, and read the lectures, and do the homework. Hmm. And so after about a month, I was ready to start programming for the iPhone. So I ended up picking up a couple companies. Uh, one company, they had made a Light Bike. It was a game, it was a game called Light Bike. It was uh, it was a Tron clone mm-hmm. um, for the iPhone that was pretty successful at first because. Back then you know the the market wasn't very large, so right. you know something like that when it did come out uh, it was a big you know, it was, it was pretty easy to get noticed so uh I ended up hooking up with them and uh working on their their game a little bit uh but then another company had contacted me, and uh they were looking for something a little more permanent at that time. I was really desperate I wanted to make sure that I got you know my my visa get a new visa at oh, that point. Yeah. Because, <laughs> Uh, That was in the summer of 2009, and and my visa was originally going to expire in about October of 2009, Mm -hmm. October or November. So uh, I ended up going with the other company because they promised me that I could get full-time, and if that meant I could stay in Japan longer, I was definitely going to go with that. For sure. So that's what I ended up doing, yeah, and I ended up living out in in Tokyo then uh, for a couple years. Mm Mm-hmm. Until about until this year, actually, uh, well, this year, 2012. Sorry, not 2013, <laughs> 2000, 2012, and uh, in 2012, then I ended up uh, transferring out from uh, Tokyo to Osaka here for my current job.
1: Hmm. And what is your current job? <laughs> so yeah, I work at I, I work at Capcom.
3: <laughs> yeah, and in, in 2010, uh, I had I had uh, over the, the the preceding years been kind of. Uh, Every now and then, kind of sending, uh, kind of throwing an email the way of uh, this guy named Ben Judd, who's this really nice guy. He was a producer. He was the producer on uh, Bionic Commando*. Okay. Uh, I love um, that game. <laughs> uh, the now, which one are you talking about? The next gen one, or are you talking about *Rearmed*? <laughs> <laughs> all of them,
4: including the next gen one. All right, a lot of my people, buddy then. <laughs> a lot of people
3: hate that game,
4: but yeah. I love it more than anything.
3: Same here. I think I think it's so great, and. Uh, Basically, when before that game had come out, there was they were doing they had like a forum, for instance, that you know fans could they were doing a podcast and a forum that you know fans could post stuff on, um, and that was back in uh, maybe 2007 or eight, um, and I was just following that constantly. It was it was actually. Because of that podcast that I realized, hey, I can get into the Japanese game industry if I try. Because I would listen to the Binding Commando podcast. I would go running, you know, do do my run around, you know, the castle of, you know, Odawara. And I would listen to this and, and realize that, you know, a lot of these, these foreign guys that are these expats that are working at Capcom, they, they're just kind of normal guys. Like, they're guys like me and, you know, they're guys that that they started out like just teaching English and they just happened to, you know, get into Capcom. And I thought to myself, well, if, if that's what the kind of work experience these guys have, I'm actually have experience of working in a Japanese company. So I <laughs> should be able to do that. Uh, so it was, it was, thanks to that, that I really had the courage to try to start looking into that. And I realized quickly that, you know, it's all, all about connections. So, <laughs> uh, I, at that time I, to kind of show Ben that I'm business, uh, he would write a, a, a blog in Japanese, um, on that, on the Japanese side of that buying a commander website. So I, I would always translate that in English and put it up on the English side and say, Hey guys, this is what he said this time. Uh, <laughs> just to show him that, Hey, look, you know, I can do this too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, thanks to him. Uh, I ended up talking to him and, uh, eventually, uh, he ended up quitting Capcom But before he did that. Uh, he got me an interview. And then, yeah, as December of 2010, then I managed to get into Capcom and, Transferred out to Osaka here in 2012.
4: That's cool as heck. And uh, (laughs) just a little note for the readers. Like, Bionic Commando, the (laughs) next-gen one. It's, like, one of the best games I ever bought off Amazon for $10. Nice. (laughs) So, no, I'm serious. Like, go out, buy that game. I mean, you have nothing to lose. And, like, if you want a a first-person, I mean, a a single-player adventure game. I mean, I I really really enjoyed that game.
3: That game was awesome. It really was. I mean, the the music was was superb. I mean, you know, the graphics were pretty good. I mean, for the time now, they look kind of dated, but you know, for the time, I thought they were pretty good. And the gameplay, it's the game is hard as balls. But <laughs> if I, and I always, I played it on normal, so it took me a while. But I'm sure if you put it on easy, it, uh, it'd be you know an even more enjoyable experience. Uh,
4: I did think it was like incredibly hard. It was challenging like uh, I've almost got all the achievements. I think I have a save file where I'm just coming up on like the last really hard ones where you have to do like every single special little challenge in one playthrough. Oh, wow. That's kind of rough, but you know, I love the game so much, like I'm I'm totally going to do it.
3: The only thing, the only thing are the snipers, right? The snipers were like the hardest thing for me in that game.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh but you know, it gives you your own sniper rifle and <laughs> The main character in that game, Spencer, he is a total asshole in that game. Like when you shoot somebody in the head with a sniper rifle, he he, he just kind of laughs sadistically or <laughs> yep, yep, says yep. something I don't know, smug. Yep. But sometimes like he just you know, kind of chuckles to himself like <laughs> and I'm like whoa. <laughs> no doubt. this guy's a but the, dick
3: <laughs> the, the swinging though the swinging gameplay really is excellent isn't it and especially like when you unlock the moves down the line where you can for instance like you know hit cars up and then hit the cars or like swing the cars at you know and that kind of like debris at uh, enemies uh, you end up getting some really cool different kind of choices for playing through the game that way that's really fun actually
4: just like grabbing stuff whipping it around throwing
1: it Yep.
4: with you your taking out, like, bionic arm
3: Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe really I awesome should play game. this game then. Check it. Out.
4: I mean, ten bucks—you got nothing to lose. you Got a good point there. Yep. <laughs> if you have a 360, I'll totally loan it to you. I do. Maybe you should loan it to me. I will. Cool. <laughs> I'll make you play. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Oh, and also, uh, Spencer got into Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, yep. and he's—it's got the same voice actor, very true to the game. I don't know why I brought this up, other than my life revolves around fighting games. <laughs> but awesome. I mean, Capcom still acknowledges that that game exists. I guess yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a yeah, good it's game.
3: It's a good game.
1: Yeah. Apparently, they thought it was so, good enough to keep him put him in the game. So hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay, Mike Mike Patton, right? Wasn't that the like the um, the lead singer of some band like Faith No More or something like that? Who say that again? I think I think Mike Patton is the is the guy's name. At least the guy the, the guy that did his voice in, in the next gen Bayern Commando.
4: Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah. It's definitely the same guy in Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom three.
3: Oh okay, cool. Very cool.
1: Cool. Well um Matt I guess the last question that I have here for you then is you know when you first came here be that whenever you were you know as a student or just whenever, uh what was one of the coolest gaming purchases that you made while being in Japan
3: when I first came here uh well when I first came here the very first thing I bought was I was I've always been a huge portable especially Nintendo portable fan and so uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance had come out right when I got here. So I was really psyched about that and I ended up picking that up, uh, right away. Uh, ironically, I never played through it. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I think if I played through it, I'd be okay. Back then it was, it was, you know, I would, I would get like, I'd have to look up, you know, every other word and I was just like, oh, this is just going to take too long. Forget it. Um, so is it? Yeah. Unfortunately, I've never played through it. Uh, but I, otherwise uh, I think the, kind of the coolest thing about it was, you know, if I, found a Super Famicom and of course you know I ended up buying a Super Famicom and just like all kinds of different games uh, for it so I ended up buying all that and then uh, when I finally went back to the states after the two months was up uh, I put that all in a box and sent it over uh, by boat back to the states so that I could play them back in the states.
1: Oh rock and roll yeah cool 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 well um, I guess I'm last here and uh, so Uh, The first time I came to Japan, uh, similarly to actually these guys, uh, I was studying abroad. Uh, My university had a connection with the university here in Saitama Prefecture, and I was actually the first student from my school to go as part of this intensive uh, Japanese program. Uh, But before that, I I went on like a a very short trip to like another city in uh, Tochigi Prefecture, and uh, I spent like two weeks in Japan, and I've. Just after doing that, I just figured, dude, this is what I want to do. I want to come here. I want to live here, uh, at least for you know a little bit. And um, you know, let get to experience it all. And I think at the time too, because what really kind of encouraged me and made me realize that this is a, a possibility. Uh, one of my best friends back in the states, he had he was going to like a different university, but we hung out all the time. And um, he was going to do like a year studying abroad in Paris. And uh, it just got me thinking. I was like, well, shit. I mean. <laughs> My school surely has some kind of different, you know, uh study abroad programs and stuff. So I just started, you know, just with that. I started looking into that and I realized that there was one. Then I was like, okay, well what do I need to do to make this happen? You know, just kinda of just took it a step at a time and uh yeah, before I knew it I was <laughs> basically gearing up to come to Japan in uh April of two thousand and seven and um before I did that I studied Japanese for like a semester and a half. <laughs> so Basically, before coming to Japan, I knew how to write hiragana, katakana, and I could do like a self-introduction. So it was cool. a little That's a good start. rough, <laughs> I, I guess, when I when I first came here. And, uh, you know, I was in a, a super, super intensive course, and I was like at mid-level just because I, of what I told you, I can do hiragana, katakana, and uh, self-intro and stuff. But oh my God, it was so freaking ridiculous, and um, I mean, in kind of like a good way, because what was really great because the teachers, they all did the classes completely in Japanese. So I learned so many like new words that I had no idea. Like one word that they had just kept on saying, it kept on saying patoiba. And I was like, what in the hell is that? And then I figured out that Uh means just for example. (laughs) So, you know, just kind of, I guess, learning things the hard way was, was pretty good. And, um, yeah you know, so that that was good and that was actually my last semester of college i had uh basically i'd finished all of the credits that I needed to uh before coming to Japan, so basically Japan was my last hurrah <laughs> for uh university and um yeah, so I did that I studied for a semester here in Japan. I tried to get it extended couldn't do it but and like I said, I just really wasn't ready to go back home. So then I just started looking for jobs in Japan. And uh, I found some jobs uh, teaching English uh, at public schools. And um, so I basically, you know, kind of like what we talked about before, you teaching in the public schools, going to junior highs, elementary schools, stuff like that. Um, I did that from 2007 until like 2009. And then at that point, I don't know, you know, it's kind of like what we talked about. Sometimes you just... You get to a point where you're just like, man, I'm, you know, sometimes you can get really tired of certain things about Japan or uh, probably, you know, any, I guess, anywhere where you go. And um, one thing, too, that I I don't know about you guys, but if you're around people that are always pointing out, like, maybe the negative things about maybe Japan or about wherever you are, uh, (laughs) sometimes that can be a little bit grating. And then you kind of start thinking about that stuff all the time and um I don't know have you guys ever had any experiences like that at all or well
4: uh yeah
1: but kind of the opposite
4: like I hang around a lot of people that point out all the negative things about living in America <laughs> so like I, I'm like I love Japan yeah and like I don't even like anime <laughs> And then I get put on a no-fly list because, like, one of my catchphrases is "death to America."
3: <laughs> awesome. It's, you know, you bring up an interesting subject, though, Danny. Because just today uh, I saw an article on Kotaku uh, by a a designer, a, an expat game designer that lives in Japan, um, who basically explains kind of the five stages that, or four or five stages that he saw this article for, today too. Yeah, really great yeah. article. I really suggest. Hopefully, we can uh, put a link to it. Yeah, uh, yeah. In the notes, I, are we? I hope we're allowed to yeah, yeah, dude, <laughs> link okay. to other news websites. <laughs> but <laughs> um, really excellent article about kind of like here are the three or four or five stages that you know uh, everybody goes through that that kind of li- moves to a new country and ba- basically that the, this this kind of anger or disgust that you're talking about mm. uh, is what he basically suggested as the third stage or so that you know uh you, you're you've eventually you know been in the country long enough that you're all of the kind of really cool like you know wow moments have worn off and uh you start to notice kind of the shitty things about it like in in Japan for instance like you know uh the fact that you know there is there is kind of uh, I, I mean I, I guess you know there there is racism uh you know towards foreigners in in different ways you know perhaps in ways that Either you would notice in the States uh, because it's not – they it's different in the States or maybe even just because uh, – maybe just because I'm white, for instance, that I wouldn't notice. Because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, obviously white people don't, you know, encounter the same kind of racism in the States as other races do. Right. Uh, but um, that kind of stuff or just like, you know, that the trains are, you know, ridiculously crowded, uh, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um,
1: or that the ATMs are closed sometimes. Like at eight o'clock, <laughs> sometimes depending on what your bank yes, is, the, which is. That
3: ludicrous. the ATMs are either are either closed or that there is going to be a service fee charged during hours that the bank is not open. Which de- <laughs> okay, so that defeats the purpose of having the fucking ATM at all, doesn't it? If, <laughs> if you you know if you can only go. No, that's the ATM. like the top
4: two on the the culture shock list. Is one the trains stop at midnight? <laughs> and two, the ATMs stop at like. 6 p.m. or some uh, shit.
3: Yeah. Yes, stuff like that. It's, Oh, man. that, that That's a whole other discussion, isn't it? I, I could, the, see the so. Idea. I can go on
1: and on about this. I've even asked Japanese people, like, why the fuck are these ATMs closing? I mean, you know, uh, again, there are, there are some, depending on the bank that you use, you can go to, like, 7-Eleven and access, depending on the bank, you can access it 24-7. But, god damn, that is... That still gets me. <laughs> I mean, hey, we're talking about
4: living in Japan. Yeah. And the cold reality is, you know, sometimes stuff shuts down <laughs> at at weird hours. Yes.
3: Yeah. Yes. The the upshot sure. of
4: this, like, I think you know, the trains shut down early in Tokyo. The ATM shut down, but then it's like the city has quiet hours. <laughs> and okay, I'm I'm cool with that. But it still kind of blows my mind in both a positive and negative
3: way. <laughs> if you Very if you follow true. me here, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's really all kinds of stuff like that that you eventually, you know, kind of notice and you start it starts it starts to grate on you. And then eventually, uh, it, once you're here long enough, you you kind of come into an acceptance phase and you kind of realize that you know there are good things and bad things about this country, just like there are good things and bad things about you know, for instance, where I'm from, exactly. in the states.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, at the time when I was at the point where I was just like, man, I just can't take it anymore. You know, I it, like I said, it, sometimes it has some a lot to do with uh, the kind of people you're around. Not to say that people I was around were bad because, I mean, there there were some great people, but sometimes you hear negative uh, thoughts and you get negativity just coming in and it just really kind of messes with you a
3: little bit. But, um, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, and it, it's, it's very prevalent, you know, among expats too. I mean, for instance, I've, I've, I've never been at the point where I've disliked being here, uh, so much that I, I don't want to be here anymore, that I would actually prefer to go back to the States. I'd prefer to be here, truth be told. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are just so many positives about being here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then, I mean, a lot of times I, I've, I've found that, you know, if I'm in a group of expats, we end up bitching about you know the things that we don't like about the country mm-hmm. uh and that that ends up really uh becoming a focal point for a lot of conversations at times so you know, it, it can kind of become it, it, it can kind of steer the conversation that way but overall i love being here and i would prefer to be here over anywhere else really right right and
1: yeah you know, that that's exactly where i'm at right now and um, yeah i agree it's much more interesting
4: to talk about the negatives because i mean it's just boring to to say, like, you know, Japan is awesome. I love living here. Yeah, that kind of gets
1: old after maybe like the first two or three months, probably.
4: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, people who have never even been here talk about how much they love Japan. So mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't really like to talk about that sort of thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, For fear know, of yeah, being labeled a weeaboo.
1: <laughs> <A> Weaboo? <laughs> have you never heard that term? I- I've never heard that. What the hell? <laughs>
3: Yeah, I've never
4: heard it either. Okay. If you if you ever hear the term weeaboo and relative to Japan, that would be someone that a person that uh worships Japanese culture basically.
1: Okay. A <laughs> Awesome. I'll have to put that one in my memory banks and store it in there and mm-hmm. use it sometime. Um, yeah. yeah.
4: If you want, want to get really weird, I believe there are Japanese Westaboo's that worship everything about Western culture. Oh, I could see that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, that there, yeah. There's some internet lingo for you. Sweet
1: internet lingo nice. for Thai. I've been on the internet <laughs> maybe once or twice. A couple times. Um, you know, back to that Kotaku article, uh, I, I was checking it out, and at the end, I noticed it's actually an, ex- an excerpt from a book, and um, the book is called oh, Japanmanship, cool. and it, the author is James K., and uh, it's available. It just came out, like, last November, 2012, and um, basically, you know, there's a lot of stuff about coming to Japan, um, and it's, it's described as being the ultimate guidebook to working in the video game. Uh, development in japan and uh, there's a lot of useful information for applying for jobs uh work practices and just i guess news and just stuff from uh, veteran game developers in japan Uh, so it sounds really cool um i just saw this today and i'm really thinking about getting it like on my on my ipad but you can get it on like you know you get the book on amazon you can get it like all sorts of different places so um if that sounds interesting to you i would definitely uh, think about checking that out because that that would be another kind of a, a cool way to find out maybe how <laughs> you can maybe come to Japan, um, which is the purpose of this segment to kind of maybe encourage. Yeah, link that up later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, so yeah, I went back to America in 2009 because I was just kind of just ah, just ready to go back home. And I, I was back in the states for about a year and a half. I was working some crappy jobs, making crappy money. Uh, working at like uh call centers, which is, oh my God, it's freaking terrible. <laughs> I, uh, it, it's, mm, it, it's not a fun job and I don't know. I was just coming home like every day, seriously, just like hating my life and i'm not even like joking i mean kind of serious i still have nightmares about working at this one particular call center where i in my nightmares i go back home and i'm thinking oh i'm just gonna work here just temporarily and then i end up working there for years and years and it's awful
4: yeah like i came from a poor college town where that was like the biggest gig in town I i had a lot of friends that like they worked there and then they would like just i don't know Cut their wrists. <laughs> it was the worst thing.
1: Yeah, like seriously, in my town too. That for unless you're like a high level executive type of material, or can maybe get into some manual labor, uh if there's ever any openings in some of the factories, then yeah, it's either McDonald's or the call center. <laughs> so
4: uh, best job I ever had in a crappy college town was a temp agency that sent me to somewhere new every week. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't really have anything to do with working in Japan. But no, <laughs> it was back when the economy was good, and like I could water parking lots for twelve dollars an hour. What?
1: Are you serious? We're not talking about I watering a serious. lawn, watering a parking lot.
4: Yeah, somebody paid me like twelve dollars an hour to rinse off a parking lot. Wow. <laughs> and then play like hide and seek with inventory in a, a giant hangar full of parts for heavy machinery
1: <laughs> that's incredible um
3: yeah that's interesting the the, the water the uh, the water thing is interesting because actually in japan uh there's this thing where every, every morning i you know i get up and i i go to work and i I'd walk to work because I, i'm so close to work and uh in the morning in japan uh, shop owners tend to basically water the street or water the sidewalk out in front of them and uh uh, back when I was in Ikebukuro, uh, I would I, I just found this so odd. I'm like, why the hell are they watering the street? This doesn't make any sense to me. So, you know, I uh you know, ask my wife this and she says that uh basically they, they feel that if they water the street out in front of the store in the summer, um that you know that's gonna kinda cool cool off the air, at least, you know, around them around that area there because of uh, you know, the evaporation, I guess.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. it it seemed i I lived in a dry part of the country so it was more of a dust kind of thing (laughs) like it would get dusty as heck
1: i'd say it seems kind of true because there's places that do that in my town and i remember in the summer just like walking by these places especially if it's in the shade um it was like considerably cooler than places that weren't like that but yeah coming from a dry part of the country
4: uh though humidity kind of causes me to die (laughs) (laughs) So. There's the thing about living in Japan,
3: yeah, I hope oh.
4: you like humidity
3: <laughs> i have another I have another random thing for you that just I just remembered uh so in japan <laughs> there's uh there a lot of times you'll be walking somewhere and you'll see a whole bunch of uh basically water bottles filled with water just kind of sitting in places, yeah you ever seen that before? you know what that is that is uh apparently. There's something about the way those things look, the way the light shines through those uh those bottles that it it basically uh keeps cats away. <laughs> so, really?
4: I've heard of this before actually, even yep. in America.
3: Yep. So there you go. I've heard the theory
4: that animals don't like to pee near water sources. Interesting. Okay. Is that what they're going for? <laughs>
3: Well, like uh, what what I was told, and I can't remember who told me anymore, but I, I found out re- relatively recently that, yeah, it was uh, allegedly the way that the, the, the way that light kind of, you know, refracts and reflects through these water bottles, it keeps cats away. That's what I was told. <laughs> so I thought, oh, okay, that makes sense. I haven't seen cats around here. So. I wonder. <laughs> yeah.
4: Is there a scientific merit or is it just an old wives tale?
3: Well, if
1: it works, so. who cares? <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, um, like I said, I was, you know, working at the call center, kind of got sick of doing that. And just, I was always, at the time, I was just thinking about, man, I should just go back to Japan. And um, so, 2009, the summer, I just made up my mind. I was like, I'm going to go back to Japan. I don't even care if I can get a job or not. I just want to at least go back for like a month. And if I can find a job, great. If I can't, well, fuck. So, I, I bought my plane ticket, I quit my job. And then I just headed to Japan. I was kind of weird because I had a a visa from my previous company that was, I just got basically right before I left Japan in 2009. But I also had what's called a multiple reentry permit, which means basically I could leave Japan and come back and still hold my visa status. So I still had that, which is kind of cool. So I did that. I came back to Japan. So I had my visa. I was basically ready to work. Um, I stayed with like a friend of a friend like this japanese family he didn't speak any english at all uh, so that was actually kind of good practice to you know get back into to japan cool. but uh yeah i was just here for a couple of days and just been searching and I, I had like a job interview set up and um yeah then i then i started working basically where i'm at now in saitama and um then what actually made that even sweeter because i was working for a private company which was uh uh basically uh, contracted through the government, you know, to teach, to allow teachers to come to the public schools, the junior highs and elementary schools. But, uh, then the, the city where I lived, they, they changed like their system to basically where they hire on the people directly to the board of education. So, I mean, kind of like, I'm like a government employee <laughs> now, more or less, um, which is pretty cool and has it's i don't know i get paid a lot more money and actually my working hours are less than what they were with my uh, private company which uh really can't get much better than that i guess but um yeah i mean I, I i teaching english i i love kids and um i i like teaching so i don't have any problems with that and uh, right now i'm pretty comfortable with where i'm at so um Yeah, I guess when it comes to uh, cool gaming purchases, I I definitely had a ton, Uh, especially that first time I came out here in 2006. uh, I think probably one of the coolest things I found uh, was Jam With The Band on the DS because at the time I've just read all sorts of crazy things about it and I was like, oh my God, I really want this. And uh, yeah, so I bought that and tons of other stuff. Like I got a Dreamcast, limited edition skies of arcadia box set and i mean i basically had so much shit i couldn't even barely fit it in my suitcase also too i bought a ds light from here that for the longest time they never released that color in america it was the uh ice blue and um so yeah i definitely had some uh cool purchases but
4: damn with the cool. band is that also Band Brothers, or is that? A yeah, Band yes. Um, yes. Oh, yeah, Band Brothers. Oh yeah, I bought that too, like, when I, the first time I came to Japan. Mm-hmm. I bought a bunch yeah. of DS games. This is when I was pretty active writing reviews and stuff for NWR uh-huh. and then Planet GameCube. Mm-hmm. Like, um I bought that, I bought Oendon. Oh, nice. Wh- one of the finest DS games ever made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Advanced Wars was just coming out. Mm-hmm kind of a funny story um i was getting a review copy of of uh wars Mm -hmm. but like it it didn't arrive in time before i I left for japan Uh uh-huh so i ended up playing and reviewing the japanese version
3: (laughs) cool 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 yeah true story (laughs) i believe you i ended up picking up band brothers uh in japan i think in 2007 uh and i actually never played it i ended up buying it I I should play it, but I ended up buying it just because I wanted to basically get more Club Nintendo points at the time.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow, yeah. I remember uh, giving my Club Nintendo points to another uh, NWR staffer that was gathering them all up for some huge thing. They were giving something away, like all the cool Uh, stuff you could get from the Japanese Club Nintendo. Mm -hmm.
3: Cool. Cool. I ended up getting a whole bunch of Wii games that year too. I ended up getting a like Captain Rainbow, for oh, instance. Yeah. That I did play through actually. <laughs> <laughs> that and Disaster Day of Crisis were two games that I bought that year and actually played. <laughs> and yet I haven't played through Band Brothers. Uh, there, there's something wrong here. Yeah, man, my
1: copy's back in the states right now, so I can't even play it. So it kind of sucks.
3: That
4: was a big hit at E3 in the hotel room. We get like, uh, because you could play multiplayer off of one cartridge. Oh, cool. And you could play up to eight people, each playing a different instrument. Jesus. Nice. So, yeah, we would all gather together in there, like all scramble to download it off of one guy's <laughs> DS. And then, like, we would play some crazy Nintendo song or something. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And then we would switch to, <sighs> to PictoChat and draw dicks. <laughs> the, the best use of the software, bar none. <laughs> Yo, that was the most fun we ever had at E3 back in the old days.
1: <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess with the with the talks about dicks and PictoChat, I think that's going to uh, maybe start to bring this uh, segment to a close. But uh, one thing that I, I really wanted to emphasize here is that, you know, there are many, 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 many different paths that you can take to come to Japan. And I know, you know, before I came to Japan, before I even thought about it, I always just thought, oh man, you know, it'd be cool to come to Japan, but there is absolutely no way that I can do that, but there is. (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm here now, but it's not something that you can just do in one giant leap. You gotta do this in, you know, steps. Um, You know, if if you're a college student right now, and you're looking into maybe coming to Japan, just check out and see if your school has any, uh, you know, kind of programs or something. Try to get into something like that. If you are just working in america right now and you're just not satisfied with what you're doing and you don't know, want to come to japan um teaching english is a pretty it's probably the easiest way to come to japan um if you're super smart and cool like matt walker then you know there's other avenues kind <laughs> of like you know what he was saying but um yeah i mean it, it's definitely a possibility you just kind of take things step steps at a time and uh yeah you too can come and to work and live and study or whatever in Japan. So, yeah. Well,
4: I don't think you need, you don't necessarily need steps. I don't want to just go ahead and disagree with you, but you can just jump in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess you could just yeah. buy a plane ticket and just come. Yo, 90 day tourist visa. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I did the first time. Uh, for an exchange student, you don't need to know English like, uh, or a Japanese. I <laughs> I knew some Japanese but some other kids on the program didn't. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, you it, could it, just come and work for a assistant language teacher dispatch company. Not everyone who comes to work there knows Japanese.
3: Yeah, for sure. Exactly. There really there really are all kinds of different ways to end up out here. I mean, I I'm not particularly smart or cool. The only thing is that I I had this plan since like before I got into college that like you know i want to work in the game industry in japan and so i'm going to i'm going to kind of set out and and take a good couple of years to do it in a way that i feel would be would ultimately be successful if if you know time consuming so i just had a plan that you know hey i'm going to you know, first work at a company that, you know, I can learn Japanese at and then transfer out to Japan and then, you know, from there start finding jobs, uh, you know, once I quit that. And so, you know, everybody's got different ways that they could do it. You know, I mean, if, if you wanted to come out, if, if you want to come out here enough, there's something that you can do to get out here. For sure.
1: Know. For sure. Cool. Well, I guess with that, we're going to go ahead and close out the segment for Reelsies. So, uh, Ty, thanks a lot for being on this segment with us, man. Oh, my pleasure as always. Awesome. And Matt, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it.
3: Hey, thanks to you guys. It's always fun to talk to you.
1: Awesome. All right, guys. And that's it for the segment. So we're going to go ahead and move on with the next part of the podcast. All right, and we're going to go ahead and touch on some news. There's a couple of different things that happened uh, this past month, and so we want to kind of fill you in on the stuff that's been going on. So, yeah, I mean, going to take it away.
2: Okay, uh, more retail games are going digital on the 3DS eShop. A few more games uh, join the digital ranks on the 3DS. Senran Kagura Burst, uh, the sequel. And Leighton no Kamen plus Professor Layton and Mask of Miracles plus for 3,000 yen and uh, X Troopers uh, 5,300 yen and Rune Factory for 5,220 yen.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's cool. To, like, I think we had kind of mentioned this, I think, in the last podcast where. Uh, I had hoped and thought that probably, you know, this year we'll see more and more of these uh, older retail titles come to the e-shop, which I think is a really, really good trend. Um, I'm I don't remember the exact pricing on uh, Sinran Kagura Burst, but um, it might be cheaper. Don, did you? Cause I remember you? Uh,
0: it's 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 roughly around five thousand. Okay. Uh,
1: but I know Leighton, I mean, that's you know Leighton and the Miracle Mask or Mask of Miracles, Miracle Mask, whatever the hell. Um. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's significantly cheaper than the original version was, and, and X Troopers is like 600 yen off, and but Rune Factory 4, it's literally nine yen cheaper <laughs> than the physical version, which is kind of ridiculous. But
0: well, you have to realize with Professor Layton and the Mask of Miracles that I have added stuff to that game as well. That's right. In the new version. That's right, that's right.
1: Yeah, there's new contents from things like uh, new events, new puzzles. Uh, there's supposed to be some kind of additional animation on there, too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just,
0: there's also all the daily puzzles are unlocked from the get-go. That's right. Which I'm insanely jealous about.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that seems pretty cool. I mean, you know, this game is almost two years old here in Japan, so um, I think it's a good time for it to come on sale, and especially with... <laughs> Well, in light of some other news, this is uh, that. well Yeah, we'll be reading in a couple of it, seconds. This this is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I mean the the, the to tie into the next news bef- just before, like the the re-release of Professor Layton and Mask of Miracles come out on February eighth, mm-hmm. which is before the next thing. Right. Which forward after which is for the next thing.
1: Right, right, right. And yeah, could you go ahead and read that for us?
0: Okay. Which is uh, Professor Layton and the Esrahn Legacies mm-hmm. um, is scheduled to release in Japan for the 3DS on February 28th. Uh, the packaged retail version will retail for 5,500 yen, while the retail version will go for 5,000 yen. Not digital version. Uh, people, mm-hmm. digital version, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who purchase the physical version of the game at launch will also be able to receive some kind of limited edition coin.
1: Yeah, and I, I thought that was cool with the with the coin. It said something about it being like 18 karat gold, some of them, but then some of them are like bronze. Um, I don't know. Minota. did you see any of this news? No. Okay, because I just saw it on the level 5 site, and um, yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting, but I wasn't completely clear <laughs> about the coin thing. But um, anyways, yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, I, I don't know about you guys. I'm thinking about maybe actually picking this game up at the end of the month, or well, the end of February. Um, I have never beaten a latent game. I only own Leighton 5. <laughs> so, I don't know. I might, Jeez. Just be, I might just be digging myself a hole. So, maybe, I don't know yet.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm going to... You. I'll give you one hint. Mm-hmm. Finish uh, 5 first. Okay. okay. You need to finish 5 first before you start with 6. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, because... Uh, it's not usual that the Layton games tie in from one to the next, but this one actually does. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's better to finish up five first before you actually think about starting six. Okay.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Cool. All right. Well, uh, Ty, would you go ahead and take that next bit of news there for us?
4: Yes. Speaking of Professor Layton, <laughs> <coughs> Professor Layton chocolates went on sale in Japan starting on January 15th in japan by glico best known for Pokey and pretz there are two different kinds of chocolate and each package comes with one of ten puzzle cards mm-hmm. get them <laughs> these scratch-off cards can give gamers access to passwords for special puzzles in the upcoming latent game
1: yeah so i thought that is pretty freaking cool and the packaging too uh i'll, I'll have a picture up on your screen right now so if you check out on your uh enhanced device i guess (laughs) you could see some pictures of uh, what this stuff looks like but i mean it's pretty cool uh i mean it's like a basically latent base on like the packaging and uh, i I think it's a really cool move too to have these little puzzle cards in there as well um
4: yeah i have a bunch of friends like back home in the states like hassling me to (laughs) get some of these (laughs)
1: Yeah, and uh, as of the time of recording, it's right now January 20th, and uh, I I don't remember if I've actually actively looked for these or not, but I haven't been to a grocery store. I've just been to, like, this little drugstore just to get, like, shit that's not good for me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I haven't seen these on the store shelves yet. But... Yeah, I haven't seen they jump out at me. I've been kind of keeping an eye uh, open. Hmm. Minoru, have you spotted these chocolates
2: Actually I've uh, uh I didn't know this it so <laughs> so I I at least didn't
1: recognize it. Okay. Yet. Okay.
4: The word is they'll be available till late March.
1: Yeah, yeah, so get them while they're hot. Well, probably not hot cuz they'll melt, but uh anyway. Get them. <laughs> Just get them. Yeah, get them in. Yo, dude, secret codes. <laughs> yeah, for real. And Uh, One interesting thing I saw from, I guess, the press release from this company is that their target for, their target audience is, well, they they looked at first the target audience for, I guess, uh, Leighton in Japan, which is what they said are women aged 20 to 30. Um, And then, you know, uh, it's common for In Japan, for, you know, women to like sweets, men don't like sweets, that's not manly. My masculinity has been destroyed. Mine too, so that's fine. Thanks, jerk. (laughs) Hey, I didn't write that press release, so. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I I think, like Tai, maybe we fit this demographic as well. We're 20 to 30-year-old Japanese women, so, yeah. (laughs) But, um. Yeah, and this uh, next bit of news here, I'll go ahead and sound off. Uh, The Wii U Virtual Console service actually might be coming to a close here in Japan. Uh, The upcoming Virtual Console games page has been deleted from Nintendo's website. And um, as of the time of this recording, there hasn't been an official statement from Nintendo, uh, just the missing page. So, uh, you know, I think that's a, well, you know, it's pretty much a good thing. And I think that Nintendo is moving forward with whatever they're planning next hopefully something uh some kind of virtual console service on the Wii U uh so we'll be definitely keeping an eye on that because you know uh, with that thing just basically disappearing and and you know no word on it i'm curious if nintendo's just waiting for the right moment to say something so um yeah yeah so i thought that was interesting but dracula x dracula x don't don't leave me it's going to leave you, sorry. Oh. <laughs> well, it is, it, if there's a new version of it that comes out, which is, that's n- well, that's not going to happen anymore on the Wii. So. <laughs> but, yeah, sorry, man. Sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> but, all right, and we have one last little bit of news here, and know is going to go ahead and read that for us.
2: Okay, uh, Wii U received its first demo in Japan in the form of Zombie U. The demo is 1.6 gigabytes and allows for up to 30 plays. The mission is a mission in the demo is mission uh, 12, Medicine for Vikram. Uh, That's in nursery school. I actually played it. That's too difficult and scary (laughs) as a demo.
4: (laughs) Oh yeah, that was totally the scariest part of the game.
0: Yeah right.
1: Wow, i
4: i'm
0: cur- i mean that's that's kind of out of the blue because other demos i've played of the game especially at events was usually uh, bits from the beginning are the or buckingham palace are the
1: demos that are available in the us and north and uh, europe are they this de- this mission or? yeah
0: they're they there is demo too. okay okay yeah which again, which kind of shocked me by surprise why they chose that mission for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw like mission twelve. I was thinking, shouldn't they be doing something a little earlier? <laughs> but
4: yeah. yeah, that that mm. is like more almost the coolest part in the game.
1: Hmm. Cool. Maybe that's I think. maybe that's what they're going
4: for then—the cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but man, what is this? Allowing only thirty plays. Yeah, that's not how you do a
0: demo. Well. That's that's not to do with all of their demos, also on three DS. Yeah, Nintendo.
1: Man. Kind of lame, but, you know.
4: I don't I'm, think I, I would play a demo like 30 times, <laughs> but if I did, I would be mad. Yeah, I think I would too. Did
0: you, by the way, uh, this is something off topic. Did you guys, I don't know, if, I'm pretty sure Minoru or Ty haven't seen this, but Danny, did you see Iwata's statement why there wasn't a Nintendo Direct in at the end of December? I
1: think you. we had talked about it, and I don't recall what you had told me.
0: He he basically said, hey, you shouldn't expect every single two months a Nintendo Direct.
1: <laughs> there you go. It's
0: like, it was no preparation. this said there was no preparation time and we didn't have the materials ready. Oh, well. It's like, yeah, sorry for giving us expectations, sir.
1: <laughs> yeah, for real. For real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of a weird out-of-the-blue statement from him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, with this demo, uh, this is basically, aside from tank, tank, tank and basically video applications and stuff like that. This is really the first downloadable uh, thing on the Japanese uh, Wii U eShop, which is kind of disappointing. I mean, Jesus. I I mean, I can understand some of, like, maybe the indie-ish games, you know, not coming. You know, that's fine. I can understand that. But I I, I figured maybe Arc System Works would have got something out, a port of a 3DS game for... All I know, <laughs> which I wouldn't be surprised from them, but yeah, I mean it's really, really barren for uh, Wii U downloads. So it's kind of well, well aside let's, from
0: let's, uh, let's, I'm going to be very honest with you. Uh-huh. It's also barren in Europe and North America. Yeah. Well, I mean,
1: there's more there. We have, we have stuff. We have stuff. Yeah.
0: We have stuff. I'll, I'll give you that, but it's not much. But it's
1: more than one. <laughs> That's for damn sure.
0: I mean the 3ds had lo- lots more in japan at this point in t- at that point in time mm-hmm. and Amer- american europe just started getting stuff right right
1: yeah well uh a couple of things actually i didn't write down that i thought we can just touch on really quickly is you know there was a pokemon direct um here not too terribly long ago announcing the new uh pokemon x and pokemon y which are mm-hmm. both going to be released worldwide uh, this october um are you guys excited about this? Care about this or what? Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Yes.
1: Ty. Care. Care about what? Pokemon or something? <laughs> the Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs>
4: nah, dude. Nah. Oh.
1: Uh, well, honestly, original one hundred and
4: fifty for life.
1: <laughs> you know, honestly, this is really the first time I've been excited about Pokemon since like nineteen ninety eight, since the original Pokemon games. Um, so I think I'm. I'm definitely going to pick this up at launch. So,
0: no man. The last time you, I was excited about the Pokemon game was Gold and Silver. Those were the sh- those were the most best Pokemon games ever. Hmm.
1: Hmm. Cool. Yeah, but yeah. I, um, yeah. I, I think it's cool that they're actually doing a new visual style um, <laughs> for like the first time ever. <laughs> basically. Uh,
0: well, they they made a statement. It's the first. 3D RPG Pokemon game Which is not the case like Yeah. Pokemon Colosseum on Gamecube <laughs> yeah. was the first Yeah what
1: the hell right? Just forgot about those? Mm.
0: Yeah Yeah And that was It was uh, under the weather But kind of interesting Pokemon game too Yeah Yeah. But um, Pokemon X and Y um, I decided for myself which starter I'm going to pick Which is uh, Fennekin Okay The the Firefox I
1: haven't decided yet I'll just have to wait <laughs>
0: Yeah. And now I'm just waiting for the game to come out. Yeah,
1: So yeah, that, I think that's pretty cool news. And then, uh, of course, next month, on February 7th, uh, Dragon Quest Seven is going to be coming out on the 3DS here in Japan. I think I'm actually mm-hmm. going to pick that up on launch day, uh, so you can expect to hear about that next month. And um,
0: I mean, what uh, what else is coming out besides that and Layton.
1: Yeah, not really much else. Nothing really of note. So, um, Dragon uh, Quest. I think there's
0: nothing coming out. <laughs>
4: I heard that was a popular
0: game. Yeah,
1: it might be. I'm not really too sure. I, I have no idea. Yeah, but also next, I mean, I, also next month, to yeah. the Dragon Quest 10 Wii U beta is supposed to start up at some point. So hype, oh yeah. hmm. hype, 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 hype. <laughs>
0: is there something coming out for Wii U in February in Japan?
1: Uh, I hope so.
4: <laughs> I could use a game.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't think
4: anything uh... too huge,
0: but. Um, there should there should be some sort of Nintendo announcing this stuff for Japan or Europe. I mean, I mean America got a press release, mm-hmm. and that basically said, "Hey, good news! The first Nintendo published game is coming in March."
1: Well, I can tell you that the next <laughs> big Wii U game is the full version of Tank Tank Tank. <laughs> cool. <sighs>
4: Sounds cool. I downloaded that demo. I yeah. haven't gotten around to playing it yet.
1: I heard it's extremely gimped, because you have to basically to play anything substantial. You have to pay money to unlock different parts. Well, yeah. Here's
0: the thing. Here's the thing with thing thing Think Basic Set. If you pl- pl- uh, pay for just 200 yen currently for the My Kong mode, done, you're good, good You're good to go, because there's no limit left mm-hmm. if, all, if all the multiplayer modes at your handle grasp. So just play 200 yen for my kung mode and you're done. <laughs> that might be fun yeah, to be fr-
4: to play and throw up on my stream maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and be, then basically you have a free game.
4: Cool. Well, a 200 yen game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, well, there it is. Yeah, well, but but, but if you do, don't do it before the end of February, then my kung mode will go to 1,000 yen. So I'll do. You should do it very
1: quick.
4: Oh, I'll look into that.
1: Cool. Well, I guess it's going to go ahead and wrap up the news here. So next we're going to go ahead and actually wrap up the show. So stay tuned. All right, and this is the time of the show where we bring things to a close. Uh, we're going to start off by giving you our Twitter handles, and uh, I'll go ahead and start off with mine. Mine is at DannyBiv, and I'm also going to read off one of my last, I guess, maybe kind of interesting tweets. Um, Matt Walker, who actually is on Twitter, too. You can follow him at Otoko, and uh, he's getting ready for, like, a business trip uh, to the U.S. tomorrow, and uh, he says, you know, most people load their iPads with movies and TV shows. He's like, me? I load it with programming lectures. And I was like, sweet. I usually just end up sitting and staring at nothing for at least a few hours. Exciting stuff. Um, <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys out there, I'm, I know, you know, Ty, that you've made the trek from America to Japan. And it's its a grueling, grueling, long, long flight, and it's not very fun, um, especially if your TV monitor or whatever breaks and you can't watch any movies. That sucks. But.
4: My advice is to stay awake for a really long time so you can sleep a long time on the flight.
1: Yeah, for me, it, it just depends. Sometimes I can sleep on a plane, sometimes I can't. But...
4: Also, drink a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, I always try, but then I'm just like sitting around and I just don't feel like drinking. I don't know.
0: My My only experience is flying from Europe to the US for E3 and then back... That's still
1: quite a long flight. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it was like 14 hours. Oh, God, okay.
1: Jesus. I, I've flown from, like, you know... Uh, went to chicago to like france and that was i don't know 8 hours or something cuz so i had to do like layover crap but that it's yeah not very fun but anyway uh, next tie go ahead
4: ah uh, yes my most recent tweet is <clears throat> i won all of these in one to three tries they're a pain to carry around though and then there's a link to a picture of this pile of pillows that i <laughs> mentioned earlier you and your pillows i love these these aren't full size anime girl nerd wife <laughs> pillows they're just like you know little throw pillows maybe if you like uh, I don't know stitch them all together it's like what one is a, a shaped like a cat one is a robot and then three are like anime girls oh I'm looking
1: at them now yes <laughs> which would be the head hmm which would be the arms <laughs> awesome awesome the
4: more you hook up, the better it
1: gets. Yes, pretty soon it's going to be a giant bigger than your apartment. So, um. <laughs> all right, uh, Don, go ahead, man.
0: Yes, uh, my uh, Twitter handle is at nintendan. N i n t e n d double a n. Um, you can follow me as mm-hmm. usual uh, if you want to. Unless you don't want. To, unless Please. you don't want to. <laughs> uh. Um, so uh, my interesting tweet was related to a super play video of New Super Mario Bros. U, which uh, Nintendo published on their YouTube channel dedicated mm-hmm. to the game, and it shows um, like four players synchronizing in, in in a single level, and it's it's really impressive stuff. And I said, looking at these super play videos for New Super Mario Bros. U makes me want to try it myself, for instances I never will, and then a link to to the four player video.
1: <laughs> cool, cool.
0: It's uh, it's like near perfect harmony at video. It's it's kind of not. If you,
1: I'm gonna go ahead and throw a link in the enhanced version. So if you look at your screen right now, you should be able to access uh, a link to that, so you can watch it on your mobile device, or just be sure to check out uh, our article for the for the podcast, and you could uh, check out a link there too. So, all right, and last up, Minoru.
2: Okay, uh, my Twitter account is at nwr underscore Minoru. And my recent my recent tweet is uh, seemingly, at least in Japan, we started to be regarded as the next Vita. That is, do.
1: <laughs> wow, I I
0: think I I think I responded to that too. Yeah, said, yeah, yeah. Well, well, just like just as the previous Vita, Nintendo has come out of the water. Has Nintendo has to come out of the water with more titles? Let us see what the future holds. Yeah,
1: I mean. Yeah. I think it's a little bit early to be making claims, you know, like that. Not saying that, you know, you made this up or anything, but yeah, there's no. definitely, you know, if it's still sitting like this like at this time next year, I'll be definitely a little bit worried, but I I really don't think that's going to be a problem. But uh yeah, and uh one thing I forgot to mention too. Actually, I don't even remember if I actually said my Twitter handle. Um
4: yeah, I know I
1: didn't. Uh, you you do <laughs> You, you did, you I did? did Okay, Danny. Ty, go ahead and say your Twitter handle. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
4: it's Super Cat Drugs. Follow me if you want to hear about fighting games and stuff I win out of Crane Games. <laughs>
1: yes. Um, and also James's Twitter account, uh, it's who is at Complicated, so go ahead and follow us on Twitter if you uh, kind of like what you hear about here, because this is kind of what we talk about a lot, games and body pillows and Gabe Newell, stuff like that so yeah that's gonna bring this month's episode to a close again if you want to contact us maybe send us an email or anything like that you can email us at famicast at nintendoworldreport.com Um uh, be sure to join us on the talkback thread uh, again um give us any advice any complaints praises whatever we'll take it and uh you know put that there and um Yeah, and also be sure to check out the other great podcasts that NWR has to offer, uh, including, obviously, Radio for Nintendo, uh, Connectivity, and Radio Trivia. And uh, I guess one thing left that I kind of wanted to say about our Life in Japan segment today is, you know, it's like, obviously, this isn't... Uh, you know uh, an end-all be-all you got to do what we do if you want to come to Japan but you know this is this is our personal experiences about how we got here and uh, maybe some advice about how you can too so um, I know if you have any actually questions that you want to ask or talk about or anything like that you could even just email me or you know t- at danny at dot com, or uh, you know send me something on Twitter I'll be more than happy to help out or
0: also, a also little abuse there. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of yes, abuse.
1: Yes, abuse me, please. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So.
4: It's true. There's more than one way to come to j- Japan. Yeah. And there's more than one way to skin a cat. This is true. Cat drug.
1: <laughs> and I guess on that note, we're going to go ahead and close out the show for real. So, all right. Uh, Ty, thanks a lot for coming on, man. Oh, my pleasure, as always. Cool, Don, thanks a lot, buddy.
0: You're welcome, as
1: always. Cool, and Minoter, thanks, man. All right. All right. Later, guys.
0: Peace. Don't stop Bye. believing. Post
1: on the
4: forums. <laughs> <laughs>